The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We're here to break down. Oh, today is it's actually Monday, January 3rd. The clock has already turned. We did a recap. We did a uh, week 18 early odds look ahead. That's in the feed as well. You can check that out. And we're going to break down the playoff scenarios. Tons of action on absolutely insane week 17. You know, I, I know that we don't necessarily believe that football needs to be longer. But uh, it, it did. It did make for like a, I don't know. Like week seventeen was really cool, and it's setting up for like a a week eighteen that maybe a little more boring. But I, I felt like there was no, like as all this stuff is kind of happening in week seventeen. There what you know usually in week seventeen everybody's sitting their players. Anyway, joining me to break it all down, Ryan Wilson, John Breach. What's up, boys? You're looking very orange out there. Yeah, I'm I'm celebrating Breach's successes, and unlike Breach, I'm not being passive aggressive about it. I hope all the best for Cincinnati and Philadelphia. In fact, I hope they meet in the Super Bowl so we can see Breach and Debo have a fist fight. That's that's where I'm going. Uh, well, first of all, Debo and I would not have a fist fight. We would pregame at a bar in Los Angeles and then uh, walk in the stadium happily together that our two teams are there. And then Debo would actually probably cheer for the Bengals since his team just won a Super Bowl in 2017. He would want to share the wealth because that is the kind of guy Debo is. But uh, <laughs> I will definitely be mentioning the Bengals as often as possible on this podcast. So you guys might want to mute me. Can you mute me, Brenton, or do I have to mute myself? You can't I mute not me, can mute you? I have no power. Oh, that's the power or authority. Oh, right. You guys see the Bengals game? Man, it's crazy. Oh, no, you listen. Do you, By the way, uh, who did quickly, quickly, quickly. the Bengals? Yeah. Breaches, he breaches earned this. He's been through a lot. I would just uh, ask Breach, and uh, Brinson, you and I point this out to him in our daily chats. Don't be a butt H about it or a B-hole, whichever you know. Just enjoy it and let us let us join with you. No, this you can't have somebody as downtrodden as a big. Well, no, well, you know what's funny is I like take this honorably or like. I was gonna tell you guys right. that you guys say I talk smack more than I actually do. You guys, which is also hilarious. But you know what? Just to give you the mindset of a, a Bengals fan, one of the first texts I got after the Bengals beat the Chiefs was, "Oh God, who are we gonna lose to in the playoffs?" <laughs> I got a bold prediction. And I got sad, but they're not going to lose in the playoffs. I got a bold right, prediction, and we'll, we'll talk about it when we talk about the game. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, youtube.com slash pick six. We go live and subscribe and get alerts. We go live uh, after every primetime game. We will also, 
uh, be going live during the playoffs. Those will be fun. Those will be a little bit earlier during the during the day, too. Tons of live shows during the playoffs. So you can hang out in the chat with us. We have a ton of Cincy folks in there. I don't know if uh, – is it Breach brought him in or, or was our buddy uh, – Colin Bear, I think I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I think I owe him a hundred dollars. I thought it was a lot more, so that's actually I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He's, these Bengals fans are rabid, man. Uh, and if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening anywhere, thank you, of course. But specifically on Spotify, uh, we have uh, they have five star ratings that they add, or ratings that they added. And you can give us a five star. We'd really appreciate it if you did that. Let's get into the playoff picture. So. Notable uh, movements from this weekend. The Bengals, as we point out, clinched the AFC North. Congratulations, Breach. Um, we definitely made fun of the idea that of, of anyone betting on that um, <laughs> like before the season. The Titans clinched the AFC South. The pa- uh, Patriots-Bills clinched uh, playoff spots in the AFC. The Eagles clinched a playoff spot in the NFC. And the Packers clinched the number one seed in the NFC as well. Um, if, you, if you've been hanging out with us watching the early odds show, there may be a little bit redundancy here as we talk about the playoff picture, but not everyone will listen to that podcast, so uh, bear with us. I there. didn't listen to it, so this will all be new to me. There you go. Uh, teams eliminated on Sunday include the Broncos, Dolphins, Browns. Mm. I think mm. that, yeah, Falcons with Five their rounds. Rounds. Washington was eliminated. There he goes. I, <laughs> I think the Texans, Seahawks, Panthers were already gone. Jets, Jaguars, Lions, Giants, and... Bears. I love that you think the Panthers are still in it. <laughs> I, just, I mean, they were, they, they kind of were like flirting around for, for a while. Uh, it, so the teams that are still alive in the AFC, but do have not clinched. There's four teams left for two spots. Indianapolis, uh, excuse me, five, uh, yeah, five teams left because Baltimore's still alive, right? Yes. yes. Five, yeah. five yep. teams. So uh, the, the Colts, of course, the Chargers, who are the current six and seven seeds, Vegas is the eight seed, Pittsburgh nine, and Baltimore 11. The Colts are win and they're in against the Jaguars in week 18. The Chargers and Raiders play each other on Sunday night in week 18, and the winner will be into the playoffs. The scenario that the, so the Steelers and Browns play on Monday night, if the Browns beat the Steelers, the Steelers are out. If the Steelers win, the Steelers and Ravens play in week 18, and they would also need Indianapolis to lose to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Although I will say that game is in Jacksonville, and Indy has not won in Jacksonville since 2014. Correct. And Jacksonville only has four wins since the final week of the 2019 season, and two of them are against the Colts. Stop it. I'm just trying to give hope to my fellow AFC Northers out there. Uh, trying to give, and false, trying to give Wilson false hope. It's possible. Yeah, passive possible. aggressive breach in fifth gear already. I'm giving you facts saying that the, the Jacksonville could beat Indianapolis. Um, They're not going to. The Raiders. Oh, the Raiders can actually also clinch a playoff berth if they win. Indy loses and Pittsburgh loses a single game. That's kind of wild. Wait, so they could. That's the nightmare scenario for the NFL because if that happens, then the Raiders have nothing to play for on Sunday night, and then you get the scenario where they just bench everyone, and then the Chargers win and get in. Uh, so that would be crazy. That would be insane. Similar to what we have saw happen in uh, 2009 when the Jets beat the Bengals 37 to nothing mm. in the in the final Sunday night game of the year. 
And then the Jets beat the Bengals in the playoffs the following. We, I didn't need to bring that up. Nobody needed to bring that up. Wanna, I thought you want to know that. Uh, smash that like button if you're in the YouTube chat. So it seems, I mean, so obviously we think one of the Raiders and Chargers get in, just the winner of that game is the more than likely scenario. Um, and then, do, I mean, do you think it's just Indy and then one of those teams gets in? I mean, that's, I mean, pretty high percentage chance that that happens. I think the conversation, and you guys can disagree if you like, but it's Sunday night. Chargers Ra- Raiders will determine what happens. And both those teams played really well uh, this Sunday. I lean Chargers because I have a crush on Brandon Staley, and I still on the apology tour for Justin Herbert. But I don't know. I mean, Steelers no, and I think the Ravens absolutely not. I just just because they're too far back. Yeah, I mean, you just you need, just need too much. I mean, you're asking for Indy to lose as a 14 point dog to a terrible football team. You know, it granted on the road in a division game, but still stop it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't seem very likely. Uh, but I think the crazy part is. If Indy does win, and so then that becomes winner take all with Chargers Chargers, is if the Raiders win, they would get the sixth seed. And if the Chargers win, they would get the seventh seed. So there still would be some, uh, you know, so like the Colts, assuming they win, wouldn't even know who they're playing until after the Raiders Chargers game has been played. Right. So for the number, all right. So that's sort of how it's shaken out in in the bottom of the AFC for the number one seed. The Tennessee Titans can clinch the one seed with either a win over the Texans, which will be on Sunday, or Casey losing, Cincinnati losing, and New England losing, or Casey losing, Cincy losing, and Buffalo winning, which is kind of wild. In other words, it's like the way if it's like a four team tie at 11 and six, the Patriots get the first overall seed. If it's a five team tie, Cincy gets it. And it, 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 they just need to go beat the Texans, which they should be able to do uh, because the Titans. Yeah. Uh, which you, you they've would, already lost to them once. <laughs> you would think, uh, but the Titans needed a win in their season finale last year, and they played that crazy bonkers game against the Texans. I don't know if you guys remember it. Tennessee won forty-one to thirty-eight. Yeah. Uh, and they and Derrick were Henry, Derrick Henry went nuts in that game. They were a seven-point favorite in that game, so it was one of those uh, the Titans are going to win this easy. And then they didn't win easy. And yep, for instance, Derrick Henry went nuts with, I think, 250 yards and two touchdowns. Yep. The uh, Chiefs need to win on Saturday. They'll play the Broncos on the road, 10-point favorite um, in that flex game on Saturday. They need to win and then have the Titans lose to get the, the first round by. So Kansas City will be motivated Saturday. That's why the NFL moved the game to Saturday. And we'll see. They'll come out play hard against the Broncos, and then hope for the Titans to, to slip up. The Bengals can get the number one overall seed with two scenarios. They can either win and Tennessee loses and Kansas City loses and New England loses mm. or win and Buffalo wins, Tennessee loses, and KC loses. Quite a... Breach, mm. who do the Bengals play? The Cleveland Browns. Oh, Browns gonna, in, in Cleveland. The Browns going to win out the next two weeks. They Probably might. now. They might. I, I was telling Brenton, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals rest. If they think there's an absolute outside shot. I mean, if the Chiefs, <gasps> if the Chiefs win Saturday, I, I think the Bengals rest Joe Burrow. The great ironies of ironies is that Breach's dreams are coming true for the Bengals. They're resting starters in week eight. <laughs> I never thought they'd be in this position, and here we are. So I have to cheer for the Chiefs so that Joe Burrow can get a week off. He's been beat up all season. Smash that like button. 
the uh, Patriots can clinch the number one overall seed if they win. Buffalo loses, Tennessee loses, and Kansas City loses. A, a very, very, very unlikely parlay that, that would require for, for the Patriots to pull that off. Um, but the Patriots are safe, safely in the playoffs. Okay, anything else from the AFC before we move to the NFC? Who do you guys think gets in? Oh, the Chargers. Yeah, I think it's Chargers. And I'll make my bro prediction. I, I think the Bengals are going to win win a playoff game. What? I do too. I mean, I sincerely. I, stop I being nice. I don't like this. I don't want to. You're I, jinxing I, them. You're jinxing them. Reverse jinx, Wilson. Uh, Classic I, reverse jinx. No, I'm not like to, you. Joe, Joe Burrow is the new Favre. You don't want to bet against him. Like, he just don't want to bet against Joe Burrow. This guy just has a killer instinct. He gets it done in the big spot. I'm not even being sarcastic. Um, we'll talk more about the Bengals when we get there. I think it's going to be Colts and Raiders. Wait, are we going to talk about every single game? Yeah, I mean, we're going to spend not, not. a very little amount of time on some of them. Okay, because I feel like this is much well, more pertinent than going over the, the Saints-Panthers game. Well, that's, <laughs> I mean, how we've been doing this for like five years. Like, well, Debo's, Debo's milling this one sure in. Let's Wilson's would name a game that absolutely had no playoff implications. The Saints had to win that. Well, how about Seahawks-Lions, you know? Actually, I didn't, I didn't hate that game. All right, let's go. <laughs> okay, so as you can see from the standings, Green Bay gets the elusive Z which I believe is the uh, clinches, the first overall buy. So they are locked into the one seed. You can almost guarantee. We've seen it the last few years, I believe, right? Aaron Rodgers not playing. It's going to be Jordan Love. It's actually really beneficial for Green Bay. Rodgers has the busted up toe. He can rest that. Theoretically, the busted up toe. He can rest it for two weeks. He gets surgery on it if he wants. Because they have he can rest in week 18. They have the buy and the wild card round. Like, my goodness. You know what I was thinking about this breach? Uh, Dream come true about more starters not playing in week 18. This is an opportunity for Jordan Love, as you mentioned, but it's also an opportunity for other teams who might be interested in Jordan Love, assuming Aaron Rodgers comes back mm, to make a little see. move. Because Chris Collinsworth talked about it on the on the Sunday night telecast that it feels like, and this is just him speculating, I would imagine, that fences have been mended in Green Bay. So if Green if you know Aaron Rodgers comes back and you are indeed trying to make him happy, I would imagine you draft some wide receivers and then you would also perhaps move on from yeah, uh, Jordan Love in much the same way that the Patriots moved on from Jimmy G again, presumably to make Tom Brady not angry at them. Showcase game. Showcase game. Rogers actually said, uh, is saying right now in his press conference or just said that he was checking out the end of the Cardinals Cowboys game, saw Kyler Murray run around the edge uh, to ice the game. And he knew that all they had to do was go win against the Vikings in the night game. And they would have the number one overall seed. The Rams are the current number two seed, but uh, they have to win. Let's see. If they win against San Francisco, they get the division. If San Francisco wins, that game is a huge game because if Arizona wins and, and the Rams lose, Arizona takes down the division. Let me ask Breach a question because I know the answer from you, senior dum-dum. Breach, in this game next week for the Rams, would you rather have – a completely healthy Jared Goff or a completely healthy Matthew Stafford? I'm asking Breach. This is not what we do during the playoffs picture. I just have a quick question. You can answer. Uh, I, I mean, save it, for the, save it for the Rams recap. No, it's a five second answer. For right this second, Matthew Stafford. But I mean, he's been struggling uh, a lot. Okay, it's, there. See, easy done. You're so. That's you. You don't want to face reality. <laughs> the uh, Buccaneers have clinched the NFC South. The Cowboys have clinched the NFC East. So the only division left up for grabs is the NFC West. Uh, the Cardinals and Rams can, uh, you know, obviously flip if if uh, if the Cardinals were to win 
against the Seahawks at home and the Rams were to lose and the seeding can still get go every which way. So the Cowboys are playing on Saturday. And as Breach and I talked about in the early odds show, they play the Eagles are two and a half point favorites. You probably want to go ahead and bet that now because it's it should move towards the Cowboys. The Cowboys, um, by virtue of, of a win, coupled with a loss from like what wait, what do they need for the number two seed, Breach? What do we decide? Uh, well, they have to win, and the Rams and Buccaneers both have to lose. Yeah, so it's it's like twenty two to one, and a pretty unlikely scenario. So the oh, Buccaneers you know have to lose to the Panthers. But you know what else, Breach? Now, uh, you know, the if the Rams lose, ooh, the the Cardinals have to lose too, because the Cardinals will get the two seed above the Cowboys because they have the head to head tie break now. So if the if the Rams lose. Oh man, this is a really difficult road to get the two seed for the Cowboys. They need the they need the Cardinals, Bucks, um, uh, Cardinals, Cardinals, Bucks, Rams to all lose, and they would get the two seed at twelve and five with a three way tie against the Rams and the Bucks. Cardinals would be the fifth seed in that scenario, um, and the 49ers would get into the playoffs by virtue of beating the Rams. So the 49ers win, they can win and get in, or win and the Saints lose to the Falcons. If the 49ers lose and the Saints beat the Falcons, the Saints are your uh, your extra player, your extra wild card team. I think I got that right. A lot of craziness, and you know, it's like Russell Wilson against the Cardinals. That's not too crazy. It could be his final game in Seattle. Wants to go out with or with the Seahawks. Wants to go out with a bang. Obviously, the 49ers beating the Rams isn't too crazy because they've won five straight against the Rams. So I think the uh, the craziest part of this would be the. Buccaneers losing to the Panthers but even if if the if the Cardinals and Rams both lose the Cowboys could at least jump up to the three seed yes that is correct if either of oh wow you know what no um Uh if yeah if there's a uh if the if the Bucks lose or the Cardinals and Rams win the Cowboys would still just be the three the four seed if the I mean, this is wild how much stuff can move around. So really anybody from any of the top, any of LA, Tampa Bay, Dallas, or Arizona can end up as the two seed still. So that's why the Cowboys should be motivated on that Saturday game to uh, play. And then of course you have the, the wild card spot, you know, San Francisco, Philadelphia is in. We don't think Philly will, Philly might potentially rest their players in that Saturday game because of, you know, they're locked into either seven or six. And they have no earthly idea who they're going to play. So you're not going to try and you're not motivated to beat the Cowboys just so you can, you know, to decide your route, your wild card weekend opponent. You just sort of let it, let it go as it, let it go as it falls or let it play out as it falls. And then just try to, you know, be healthy for the wild card. I think that's probably the move for the, for the, for the Eagles, right? Yeah. I don't know why the Eagles would play anyone. But although, you know, you were just talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers said after the game against the Vikings on Sunday night that he absolutely wants to play next week and he plans on playing. Uh, and I'm guessing, yeah, he said that. And I'm guessing that has to do with the fact that he does not want to sit out for two weeks and get rusty. And, and uh, you know, that's a long time because then by the time you're back on the field, it's been three weeks since your last game. And, uh, you know, I understand why someone would want to avoid that. But that's, you know, only applies to the team that gets the bye. Um, if you can rest your starters in week 18, then you have to buy and then you don't have to play till the divisional round. Um, but yeah, he said, I'm going to play this week. I expect Devonte to play and our guys to play. 
Well, that's immediately following that game. Let's see what let's see how that how that works out with uh with Matt LaFleur and and what and his decision making. Smash that like button if you're watching on YouTube. Okay. Anything else from are we missing anything who else? Gets, who gets the last playoff spot in the NFC? Saints or 49ers? 49ers gonna lose to the Rams? I have, yeah. a, bad, I have a bad feeling about it, honestly. You think the 49ers aren't gonna make it? Who the Saints playing? Saints play are at the Falcons. Oh. I mean, Falcons will try hard in that game to knock the Saints out of the playoffs. So. Falcons can score. I don't know if the Saints can. The Saints defense is really good. That game could be six to four or something. Yeah. Two safeties. And I will say, everybody knows about the Super Bowl draft we did, where we each picked four teams to win it all, including where, our. Where listener. are we at on that? C-Rad, my, two, my two teams are the 49ers and the Saints, right? C Rad is the only person who currently has all four of his teams in Buccaneers, Cardinals, Titans, Colts. That was our listener who participated. Uh, I can get all four in if the Chargers get in, because I also have the Bills, Cowboys, and Bengals. Brinson is going to get three because he has the Chiefs, Rams, who are definitely in. But he also has the 49ers and the Saints, and only one of them can make it. So Brinson will be down a team. Uh, Wilson, I'm guaranteed a team, though. Wilson, who we just said two weeks ago, uh, might have an argument for the best draft Ugh. three weeks ago, is down to two teams. Uh, or I guess the Ravens could oh, still have an outside chance of making it. Uh, but he has the Packers. He has the Patriots uh, and, and uh, the Ravens. I'm, I'm such a loser for not taking the Bengals when I had a chance to snake them from you. Last round, man. I got him in the, All right, Aaron division Rogers. In the last round. Aaron Rodgers, don't play next week and get hurt. Uh, everything wait, rests on you. You're Chris, you need walker. to rerun the poll and see who uh, gets the highest votes. Oh, I still think it'll be C-Red. The, 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 the games were so crazy on, on Sunday that the 49ers – Won their won their game and their division their their uh, playoff odds dropped twenty two point nine percent from eighty six point four down to sixty three point five because you know the Saints the way that things shook out it it basically left them having to beat the Rams who you know we the Rams are a good football team I don't I mean I know you I know you hate Matthew Stafford with all your uh all your I don't hate him I just I just and. Point out how a big part him. of that, Brinson, uh, just because people might be wondering, how can a win? How do you drop 22%? And it's because the projections originally had the Cowboys beating the Cardinals. And if that had happened and the Rams would have clinched the division, they wouldn't have had anything to play for in week 18. Correct. And so that's what the simulations assumed. But since that didn't happen, uh, now the 49ers are in very hazy territory. Well, and with the way that with the Eagles with the, with with eagles with the eagles clinching a spot and winning right that changed things too because now it left it left only one spot where you know whereas before if the eagles had lost out they could have done that you know they could have it, it would have, it, it would improve the odds for the 49ers by All the right. way i got a uh, fun fact before we move on back to the afc we're not going to talk about the steelers cuz they didn't play yet but alan saunders of the pittsburgh post cuz that tweeted this out and this would be the best thing ever and i would love it if it happened even if the steelers went out and the jaguars beat the colts it's not clear the Steelers would get in because if the Sunday night game between the Chargers and the Raiders ends in a tie, oh, that's right, they would have the the Steelers, and the Steelers would still be out, which would be this would be a perfect ending to this craptastic twenty twenty one slash twenty two season for Pittsburgh. Yes, so pray for a tie. That would be fun. Yeah. Then so, I don't, who gets in then if they tie that Sunday night game breach? Um, I'm. I'm uh, are you assuming the Colts win? No, the Colts lose to the Jacks. That's the only way the Steelers would have a chance to get in. As, so, so we and have the Steelers. And the Steelers, out. Steelers beat the Ravens. Steelers went out. Jaguars then, beat the Then the uh, Raiders and Chargers both get in at nine, seven, and one. Oh, fancy! All right, there you go. 
the Steelers would be the third nine, seven and one team in that win and not get in. What? Whoa. So now that actually gets kind of interesting because I would love to watch that Sunday night game knowing that the Steelers could still miss the playoffs. But if you're the Raiders and Chargers, wouldn't you just kneel it on every play so you both oh. get in? I, the NFL would lose their like lose its minds. Roger Goodell would be calling both sidelines. Hey, what are you doing? Like, Stop, bro. We're going to the playoffs. Because, I can't answer text during the game. Because that's the only path where both of them can get in, right? There's a path. There's a path to nine wins. Um, oh, that okay. would be yeah, that would be fantastic. And that in that scenario, the Pats would get the one seed. Good Lord, what a zoo this would be. The, the, oh, wow. That's the, right. the Raiders and Chargers can both get in if the Steelers lose Monday night and then win in week 18 and the Colts lose in week 18. Is is is, is that would that be legal according to the NFL bylaws? I have no idea. I mean, you could do what's that doing nothing, doing nothing. I mean, kneeling on every play. What are they going to do? They're going to run down there and like disqualify him. It'd be on, it'd be on Sunday night football. Like, it would be, uh, it did would you be watch a, last year's Sunday night game where the Eagles just Threw it away. Nobody cares. They, yeah, they, they and and they got mocked and and now they're in the playoffs. They got the last laugh. What if they were just? What if they just punted on first down every time for like to punt over? And, and then over. like the Raiders accidentally blocked a punt. And that'd be something uh, the Raiders uh, would do. Yeah, something. Yeah. Or like I would be like I'd I'd agree like a gentleman's agreement to do it, and then like you just grab the ball late and just go score. Like you get the ball and then just completely hose over your opponent. All right. Anyway, that is the playoff picture. If you got questions about it, holler at us in the chat. We're we'll happy to answer anything. And everything. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, oh, we'll recap week 17. Woo. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. That's right. We just take breaks just like that. Okay, we're going to start. I mean, somehow amid all of this, well, you know what? We're not going to, we can't, we'll get to the Bengals in a second. We I'm right s- here. We can wait all night. Talk about, we can we, actually we, talk about the Bengals all night. I don't we care. have to start with the weirdest thing that we saw today. And the weirdest thing you've maybe ever seen in a game in the history of football, but somehow only the fifth weirdest thing that's happened to Antonio Brown in the past three years. Uh, <laughs> Antonio Brown took off his clothes and left the stadium. And he was released. He was released in the middle of a game, basically. Not like not technically. But Bruce Arians comes out afterwards and says, uh, "Yeah, look, here, let's let's hear, let's listen to Bruce Arians uh, saying after the game, ask about Antonio Brown's status with the team. He is no longer a buck. All right, that's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game. So people are kind of mad about that, and I, I get it because Bruce Arians." When the when Chris Godwin went out with an injury, and they kept 
Antonio Brown, even though he'd faked his vaccination card, which again, top five. I mean, Antonio Brown's last three years have been incredible. Uh, when all that happened, Bruce Arians was like, I don't care what anybody thinks. We're keeping him. And now he's like, shut up and don't ask me questions about Antonio Brown. Ryan Wilson, do you, does Mike Tomlin feel vindicated today? I don't think he feels vindicated, but I, I think the I think Bruce Arians is embarrassed more than Tomlin feels vindicated or, or John Gruden slash Mike Mayock feel better about trading Antonio Brown or Bill Belichick feels like he he, you know, dodged a bullet when Antonio Brown got in trouble for the other off-field stuff that he's done. But the the litany of things that this guy has done, uh, I, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that. I, I mean, it's like a 30 for 30, and it's over, what, a four-year stretch? And here's the thing. Antonio Brown is a slam-dunk Hall of Famer. Also, Antonio Brown is not going to the Hall of Fame. And unlike Terrell Owens, who, you know, whether – Sports writers want to admit it, not the voters. They kept him out for some time because they didn't like who he was off the field. Uh, and you're not supposed to uh, worry about what guys do off the field. You're supposed to be solely focused on the field. Guess what Antonio Brown did on the field on Sunday? He took his clothes off and quit on his team. So that's reason enough to say, all right, dumb, dumb, we're not even going to consider you. And I, I would imagine that Antonio Brown doesn't care. But if Antonio Brown had retired this year or this had been his last season for whatever, he would be up and possibly be going in at the same time as Ben Roethlisberger five years from now, who I would imagine is also done. And, and you know, that's obviously not going to happen. But in terms of the craziest things Antonio Brown's ever done, going back to when he Facebook lived uh, Mike Tomlin's postgame speech when they beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, this, this isn't the worst. I think getting himself run out of town in Oakland and then celebrating on... Burning his, his feet with the, with the cryogenic chamber was probably the worst. That was idiotic, but the fact that he, the way he celebrated after he got traded out of Oakland, I think it was they they were in Oakland at the time, wherever they were, the Raiders at the time, that to me was okay. This guy, no one ever tells him no. His talent supersedes everything else, and he keeps, and I, I you know, even you know, I put this in our, our little chat. He was driving around New York City with some rando driver. Uh, I, have, I have it. I have. I have it on on good information that that driver is actually. A, a sort of a well-known New York driver who do, who works with a lot of football players. So I think somebody from one of the New York teams, uh, probably the Giants, actually set him up with that. I did some digging. Well, my first question when he moonwalked out of the building for the last time was, is he going to fly home with the team? And the answer, yeah. he got his clothes on and he left, and, you know, that's a wrap. Oh, well, it wasn't quite a wrap because according to the ESPN story, uh, first of all, MetLife Stadium security at first thought, thought he was, was a fan. They thought he was a fan that ran on the field. And then he was like, Hey, bro, can I get a ride to the airport? He asked the state trooper, and the state trooper's like, The guy didn't have a shirt or an ID. How was I supposed to know he was a football player? So they literally thought he was a fan who ran on the field. And uh, Bruce Arian said he told uh, Fox Sports that. He asked Antonio Brown to go in the game, and Brown refused, and that's what led to all of this chaos. And this is just, like, unbelievable that this – you know, like, there was a situation with Vontae Davis retiring at halftime of that one game, which is bonkers. This is that times, like, a 1,000. I, I absolutely do think this is the craziest thing he's done because it was in the middle of a game. All the other stuff, it was like he decided he didn't want to be with the Raiders, so he started throwing a tantrum and, and, and freezing his feet and, and got his way out. But this was the middle of a game where he was getting passes thrown to him, uh, where he was he was being used. And, Usually, and, he, and he still had uh, multiple $300,000 incentives in his contract. He needed eight catches, a touchdown, and 
what was the there was a third one? What was the third one? Yardage, I guess. He did like a, like 120 yards or something like that. Like he was gonna get it in the last two games of the season if he played, and and and, and that would have been a million dollars. So not only did he get cut, but he basically set a million dollars on fire. I mean, honestly, if you would have asked me two days ago, what was more likely, Brinson? taking his clothes off and leaving this podcast shirtless or Antonio Brown doing it in the middle of a game. I would have bet all my money on Brenton. That's how like just almost unbelievable this entire situation is. And that's considering the fact that Antonio Brown does not so stuff all the time. Even Do we this know scene, why he, this? why he, what Bruce, Bruce Arian said he told Antonio Brown to go back into the game. Antonio Brown didn't said no. And then I think Jay Glazer reported that Bruce Arians was like, all right, then get, get out, out of here. here. Yeah. And so Antonio Brown, you can see a, you can see video from the stands where fans were filming it. Uh, Mike, Mike Evans and was it OJ Howard tried to calm him down and he like threw down his pads and then he just started ripping off his clothes and he, and he throws his undershirt into the stands and then he runs through the end zone, like doing the dance and giving a peace sign. It, it, it's just a wild scene. But again, that doesn't explain why he did it. Like, who who doesn't want to go back in the game? Yeah, like, A.B., I mean, Bruce is trying, B.A. is trying to get A.B. his bonus. Well, apparently he, he only returned to the team, I guess, so he could drop this rap video, man, so everybody would watch it, because I bet that thing... released a rap single. What the I get, hell? I get that. But that, that's the cherry on top of the Antonio Brown Sunday here, is that he literally leaves the stadium in a taxi, uh, gets home, drops an Instagram of this new rap video, rap song that he has just released, so... Apparently, he thinks his burgeoning rap career is better than anything he's going to be able to do on the field. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to get this whole, if you want to understand the whole shebang, maybe we need to listen to his song and break it's, down. It's, it's a minute and 54 seconds. It's, there's nothing in there. I listen do we to need to break down the lyrics? No, we don't. Uh, Tom, Brady, Tom Brady, by the way, came out and said uh, after the game that he wanted people to be compassionate towards Antonio Brown and that he wasn't sure what exactly he didn't realize any of this was happening until after the game, which kind of you know, it's, be, you, you, it's easy for us to see, you, know, you sit here, you know, you're not on the NFL sideline, like we know the NFL sideline or any football sideline, it's chaos, man. Like, so much stuff is happening. I mean, you would think that Tom Brady would definitely realize that Antonio Brown took his shirt off and moonwalked his way out of the out of the stadium, as Wilson likes to point out. He had no idea until after the game, which is kind of crazy, or, he, or he's lying, either one of the two. But he did. Or, he did urge everybody to be compassionate towards AB. It, Brady has such a weird relationship with Antonio Brown. It's it's always been very very bizarre. Hey, look, we've talked about this before. Antonio Brown very well may have mental health issues, and that's nothing to laugh about. And there was actually CBS Sports, uh, the CBS Today show, uh, the NFL Today did a segment on on AJ Brown and his battles with depression, uh, which I didn't even know about. And, and those are important things we need to talk about. But there's also something to be said for continuing to put people in situations where they're stressed out and do things like this. And it's happened time and time and time again. And this does not reflect well on Bruce Arians, who no. presumably knows all the issues that Antonio Brown is confronting. I think it does reflect relatively well on, on Tom Brady in some fashion that he took him into his home. He's tried to sort of not father him. They're, they're 10 years apart or whatever, but, but to, 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 to be a, a guiding voice for him or whatever you want to call it. But as far as I'm concerned, Bruce Arians in the front office, this is basically pointing a flamethrower in your face and being surprised when it burns your face off because it was only a matter of time that this was going to happen. And I, I've talked to I, I've talked to people that, that play with Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. My first question was, do you think this is like CTE? And I'm not being funny. I'm legitimately yeah, asking. Yeah, sure. He's taking a ton of hits. And 
you know, Breach is guy. Was that Vontez Perfect that knocked his block off in that playoff game, Breach? That was, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, he, I mean, he he's was. Not been, he's not been the same since that playoff game. Maybe, maybe not. But I asked this question, and the response I got was, Antonio Brown is basically a, a dumbass. And that's, you know, it was it had less to do with, in their mind, the potential head injury stuff. And, you know, this person's not a doctor. What do they know? But they, they, they played with him, and they've been around him. And, you know, the Facebook Live thing, that doesn't seem to make a lot of, that's not something a, a rational person would do knowing Mike Tomlin, all the issues with the Raiders that that's, you know, clearly out of character, of what we would call normal. So I don't know what his issues are between his ears, but clearly something's going on. And the way he left the field on, on Sunday is troubling. I think Tom Brady's right, but Bruce Aarons admitted that we needed Antonio Brown because we don't have any wide receivers. And now they're down another wide receiver. And, and you know, we always say don't bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. He's going to, have to be pretty magical to to make something happen. I feel like in January. Well, he was magical on Sunday, and it kind of got overshadowed. Beat the, the Jets breach. They he went ninety three yards with no timeouts, and and very casually, after Robert very Sala, after Robert Sala decided to go for it on fourth down and called a QB sneak. Uh, my God, the, the whole the whole game was breach. Let me ask you this: Can you name without looking? And if you already know, don't answer. Who who caught the winning touchdown? Uh, I know his last name. <laughs> Dino's do you, do you know first name. <laughs> Cyril? Is it Cyril? Yes, it is. Cyril Grayson. But even better is the two-point conversion. They rubbed it in so the Jets couldn't get it. It's Bell. So he's a former Jets player and Antonio Brown's old teammate. By the way, he's talking about it afterwards. was like, he said, that, you know, Antonio Brown's a, a, you know, really, he's like, he's a really good dude. I've texted with him already. He's just. You know, going through going through some stuff or something like that. But yeah, I mean Tom Brady, Gronk was his leading receiver, seven catches, 115 yards. And then Grayson had uh Cyril Grayson, six catches, 81 yards in the touchdown. Tyler Johnson, Mike Evans caught a score early in the game, but they did want to limit his snaps. And Brady seven of nine for 93 yards on that final drive, including the game winning 33 yard touchdown pass. Oh, so to you're Grayson. not you guys are not yet willing to doubt Tom Brady's magnificence in playoff football. Well, I, I think, I'd like I to think see that, who he's playing in the playoffs before I doubt anything. Okay. I think that the the attrition that has hit their wide receiver core makes me downgrade the Buccaneers pretty severely. I mean, Gronk's still out there. Mike Evans was out there. Yeah, look, they're still – but, I mean, it's a big difference between Gronk and Mike Evans versus Gronk, Evans, Godwin, Godwin. And, and Antonio Brown. Like, when you're deploying those guys fully healthy, that is – it was really tough to stop. So – it's at least it's at least concerning. They had eight different players who caught a pass of fifteen or more yards. Pretty good. Braxton Berrios smashing this game. The, you got to feel bad for the Jets. I mean, Tom. Brady, you know, this franchise has been just destroyed by Tom Brady for twenty years, and it just gets one more in out. <laughs> the the way, someone someone mentioned in the comments, and I, I I mentioned this earlier on HQ. Vontae Davis retired in the middle of that game a couple years ago, and people at the time were confused. But you felt like after talking, after he spoke, like, oh, okay, I get it. The guy just didn't want to play football anymore. Yeah. And the way he went about it was weird, out of strange. Yeah. But Antonio Brown's feels like it's a whole different conversation. Oh, he, he ran out. I mean, like, I think I can't remember what the first tweet I saw was, but somebody said Antonio Brown just took his clothes off and left the stadium. It was like Chris Hansen, uh, Chris Scott Hansen, Scott Hansen on, Chris on uh, the, the pedophile hunter. Okay. Okay. Uh, Scott Hanson on the red zone seemed confused too. Usually he he's never at a loss for words to explain what's going on. And he struggled to explain and he kept saying Antonio Brown's topless, which I found 
at the time funny, but it, you know, we, we may come to learn that this is not funny at all, but just incredibly weird. And I would just urge teams in the future looking to sign Antonio Brown, make sure you understand what you're getting into. And if Antonio Brown needs help, get him help. Don't just throw him out there and, and expect him not to do the things that we know he's going to do. He has burned every team he's played for. All right. Oh, and here's on. the most jet stat ever. Michael Carter had a 55 yard run in the game. How many rushing yards do you think he finished with? 54 because he dealt with a concussion after he, uh, I think he, for loss of one, right? Well, he got hurt, but yeah, but he had less <laughs> yards than he. Are you mad that I knew the answer? Is that what the. No, you got it right. I'm saying that he got zero yards out. <laughs> also, you guys want to hear pet peeve of mine? Um, I hate it when people misuse less and fewer. I'll right. just leave it at that breach. Because you what just did, did I say? You said less. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> let's right, let's let's not let's not rally breach too much here, Wilson, because we're gonna move on to the Bengals. Oh, Cincinnati Bengals won the division, won the AFC North with a 34-31 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs in what easily goes down as the most exciting game of the day. I mean, this is a thrilling game. And by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but as soon as Antonio Brown took his shirt off, like every game went nuts. Like all of a sudden the 1 p.m. slate was just pure insanity. And it was a great finish, including this one, which featured Joe Burrow and, I mean, Jamar Chase. I, I don't know that he, he may have just stolen back the Offensive Rookie of the Year award from Joe Mixon. I mean, from Joe Mixon. From, Michael uh, Parsons, don't forget him. <laughs> that's an inside joke but yes from uh from mac jones jamar chase finishes with 11 catches 266 yards and three touchdowns he was dominant uh it is the what was it the single breach you know you talk about it i have one question for breach gets going and breach you can answer the question They're winning the super bowl and go crazy can you explain to me why steve spagnuolo the chief's defensive coordinator decided never once to cover jamar chase proceed I cannot explain that. Look, I have never seen Jamar Chase so wide open. It was like Spagnola was thinking if we leave him open, Burrow will think we're tricking him and then he won't throw it. Uh, but that yeah. is not the case. That is not what happened at all. I mean, let me ask you guys, what was your favorite touchdown catch? Was it his 72 yarder, his 69 yarder? Nice. Or his 18 yarder? His yeah. first one because he caught it and then it was clear from three steps in that no one was going to catch him. He well, caught it and completely reversed it. He looks like Odell Beckham out there. Yeah, that's disrespectful. I think it's Jamar Chase. No, Odell Beckham, early Odell Beckham with the Giants. Let me ask you this. If Odell Beckham doesn't make that catch against the Giants, I think. No, against the, was that the Eagles? Who did Cowboys, make that catch? Cowboys. Cowboys, sorry. Is he the guy that we thought he was supposed to be? I mean, uh, he's he probably a, not as big, but he still put up some huge season. numbers his first few seasons. My point is that Jamar Chase, I think, is... Clearly, and he had a game-winning touchdown today. It's not the data. Bash Odell. Yeah, again, that I, I think it's fine. My my point is, Jamar Chase is clearly better. But go ahead. Well, and 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 it is. It, it it boggles the mind that the Chiefs were just leaving him so open. I mean, there were a couple throws where Burrow made great throws, but for the most part, Jamar Chase was just getting open. Uh, you know, Lawson dudes. I mean, yeah. well, he had 111 yards at halftime and two touchdowns. And then on the Bengals' first possession of the second half, he gets a 69-yard. Like, how are you getting open for that? And I think my favorite play of the day, this is where, uh, so obviously the Chiefs were up 28-14, to 14, and it was like, oh, my God, here we go again. The Bengals can't play 
with a good team. They're beating up on the bad teams, and I'm sure a lot of Bengals fans were thinking that. Uh, the, the Chiefs are at 21-7. Well, 28-14. Oh, 28 sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, it felt like the Bengals were fine offensively but simply could not stop the Chiefs. And it, it was just like – I had a text right with some friends. It was like, man – because we've all become like Burrow fans now. Like, I love I – mean, I, love, uh, you know, uh, I like the Bengals. The Bengals are a fun team. But it felt so like – it felt like the – the Bengals just could not get a stop. Well, they punted on their first two possessions and it felt like that was going to cost them the game because the chiefs were going <laughs> to score every time they touched the ball, uh, which is what they did in the first half, except for the opening possession. Uh, they punted on the opening possession. I was like, Oh my God, the Bengals defense is going to shut this team down. And the crazy thing is that the Bengals outscored them 17 to three in the second half. The fact that the defense only gave up three points, um, was just an amazing performance because that's the way they're going to have to play in the playoffs. But back to Jamar Chase real quick. I thought the play of the game, you know, we're talking about a game where he had a 72-yard touchdown, where he had a 69-yard touchdown. But absolutely for me, the play of the game was third and 27 with three minutes and 20 seconds left in the game. They are at the Chiefs' 41-yard line. If they don't convert because it's a 31-31 tie, if they get zero yards, I think Zach Taylor probably punts it because if you miss a 58-yard field goal, you know, then Patrick Mahomes Mahomes is basically taking over at midfield. And so I I probably think Taylor punts it. If they get, you know, five or 10 yards, then he kicks the field goal. Um, So third and 27, you have no business converting that. (laughs) There's probably only been one third and 27 convert in the past 10 years. And it was Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase for 30 yards. They convert that. And then because they converted that, the Chiefs never got the ball back. And so the Bengals just ran out the clock. I know that Chiefs fans hated some of the penalties uh, near the end and and all the kind of the fourth and one. And then it's like, oh, my God. And then it was the fourth and one. They sneak Burrow, which is insane because, you know, you're just putting him to this pile of bodies like begging. Well, no, they stuck him on uh, second. uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. On on first down and second down. But on fourth and one. They stopped next to Zach Taylor's like, I'm going for it. It's like, oh boy, this is going to be something. And he goes, and there's offsetting penalties, right? And then, well, they stopped mixing it first, and then the flags come in. You're like, all right, what's this going to be? Yeah. And then, well, it wasn't clear. It was like he might have gotten over, but maybe he didn't, and they were going to have to review it. Right. The flags come in, offset. They replay the down. Zach Taylor goes for it again, and that's when there was a a penalty on Jared Sneed, which may give yes. him a first down. They give a first down to, and that, but at that point, and that Burrow, allowed because then they, that allowed them to round the clock. But Burrow had gotten hurt, and he's right. limping around. So Brandon Allen comes in, takes a. I think he takes one <laughs> knee on the for to set up where they want it, where they wanted to be, and then he was in charge of spiking the spiking the ball to stop the clock. And he like kind of he got a little close. Well, and the other thing is when Burrow got hurt and couldn't even finish, and you have to let Brandon Allen take those two snaps because they're still two important snaps. You can't have them fumble them. You can't have them mess up at all. And I, every Bengals fan, because you lived through Carson Palmer in 2005, you lived through Andy Dalton, uh, the, the best Bengals team since this one was that 2015 one where Dalton broke his thumb uh, trying to tackle in the Steelers game in the regular season. So 2015. 2015. And so – and now he's out of the playoffs. And so that's what you're thinking. Like, oh, my God, if Burrow hurts, this win doesn't mean anything because the season's over. And that's the last thing you want to see. But uh, Burrow said after the game that he is good. And that's also why I do think he'll end up resting in week 18. I don't think that Zach Taylor will throw him out there if he doesn't have to. Um, but, yeah, you throw, so you throw Burrow out there. He gets hurt in week 18. You might. Get yeah, hurt. you're 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 done. Reach, you, let me ask you. Let me ask you this hypothetical because I love hypotheticals. What if Joe Burrow 
can't play the rest of the year. And it's fine. He'll be fine uh, on February 20th or whatever. Brandon Allen takes the Bengals to the Super Bowl, and they win the Super Bowl, but Joe Burrow can't come back to Cincinnati. Would you sign up for that? Wait, what? Wait, what's that? Wait, what's Brandon still... Allen takes the Bengals to the Super Bowl, and they win, but Joe Burrow is done. They have to trade him in the offseason. That's, that's what the... did... Joe Burrow retires like Andrew Luck style. Yeah, that, that's the trade-off. Take that but off. the Bengals get a Super Bowl win? Yeah. <sighs> Man, that's tough. You take what that, are you talking you, about? I would take you sign up blood it. for the Super Bowl and take it. No, yeah. I would rather have 10 Maybe years of Burrow with the chances of Super Bowl wins right. than one guaranteed one. One guaranteed. How many do You're you have nuts, now? nuts, bro. <laughs> Breach, it's worth it. Let me just chime in. Nick Foles, it's worth exactly. It. How about that? And real quick, oh! This was obviously debated a lot on Twitter with Zach Taylor uh, going for it on fourth and goal from the one. I was fine with that. You are playing the Chiefs. Uh, you want to get a touchdown. If you get a field goal with 50 seconds left and all the Chiefs have to do is get in field goal range, uh, you know, you probably don't feel good trying to stop Patrick Mahomes in that situation. And But if you put him in a situation where he needs a touchdown in 50 seconds with no timeouts, then you're feeling pretty good. So, well, I don't uh, know if you're feeling pretty good, but it's just going to be a lot harder. to. You to feel better. Off. Yeah. Also, I think the other thing is, even as good as your defense played in the second half, if you kick that field goal, you're giving Mahomes the ball with 50 seconds, and if he gets a touchdown, he beats you. And I mean that can happen. You know, I mean one pat one. You just want to not give uh, Patrick Mahomes the ball back if you can. Help. I'll say this: Patrick Mahomes should have had two interceptions. Mike Hilton had one that was knocked out of his hands. Had almost had another one. Uh, the Bengals defense, and this is a huge. Think of the contrast between last week when this Chiefs team, whose running game isn't great and their defense has been better, they absolutely demolished the Steelers. The Bengals defense showed up and they, they gave the Chiefs some trouble after, uh, you know, the first 25 minutes or so of feeling each other out. And, and that's huge. And you have to feel good about that for certain going into the playoffs. So this is exactly where you want to be. I think Breach is right. You got to rest up Joe Burrow and just piecemeal away to sort of protect that guy. Because, you know, if he's has half a chance, no one's guarding Jamar Chase. It, it just apparently is impossible to do. Impossible. And even if you do, then uh, Burrow's just going to throw to uh, also, T. Higgins of Tyler Boyd. No one, I, I I was never, I didn't care about this, but some people were concerned about it. No one is getting a time machine and taking Panay Sewell with that pick. Jamar Chase was the absolute right pick. Uh, Jackson Carmen, whatever. If he ends up retiring next year, it doesn't matter. This was worth it. You can draft an offensive lineman. Sign and that is season. even though Joe Burrow is the most sacked quarterback in the game this year. Got hit so many times today that he didn't even finish the game with a nameplate on his back. Um, but yes, they made absolutely made the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a lot of us said they did. Okay. Anything else? Breach. Anything else you want to, um, just gotta get ready mentally ready for this playoff game. That's going to be coming in two weeks in Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, are you, that's the other thing too. That's why you would take the Super Bowl now, because like if, if we told you that you went to the playoffs seven times with Andy Dalton and never won a playoff game, but you could just get rid of Andy Dalton after one year and guarantee a Super Bowl. You're taking. You should. You need to take the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I will say that this is all this team is going to hear about for the next two weeks. Is you guys haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. The playoff losing streak started on my birthday. I feel like I'm a part of this curse. Your and first birthday? What? You were like, like days old. Where are you? This is January 13th, 1991. That was the. Oh, so you were like 10 or something. That that was the loss. 
And and that's the scary thing. As you look at all these AFC teams, I think the Bengals can beat any of them, and I think they could lose any of them. So you don't feel super comfortable looking at any of that. But that will be we'll have a playoff preview podcast for now. Let's just admire the fact that Jamar Chase set the NFL rookie record for most yards in a single game. Do uh, do we think that Zach Taylor, coach of the year, is alive, or that Mac Brett Mac Jones? Rookie What's of the, year the rule about winning the division? Breach? Can he still win it? Uh, I think he. I, I, I said last week that if he wins it, I think if the Bengals win the division, I think it should go to Zach Taylor. I, I tend to agree. Like Tennessee winning the one, getting the one seat when, you know, well, I think his biggest competition right now is LaFleur, Vrabel, I don't, I don't buy Belichick. LaFleur stuff. Oh, the, those three guys are the biggest competition. That's fine. I don't right. single, what? Yeah, I agree. Like, you're going to give it to someone who has the uh, the NFL MVP on his team, or are you going to give it to a guy who just took a 4 11 one team and, and won the division? Yeah, I mean the Bengals. This this turnaround of the Bengals is the biggest story in terms of coaching out there. Unless you right. want to give it to Vrabel if they get the one seed without nah. Derrick Henry for half the season. Nah. All right, we mentioned uh, Vrabel. The Titans thirty four, Dolphins three. Wow, I don't see very many Dolphins fans trying to trash talk me in the chat or on Twitter after this game. You frauds! You are the frauds. Once again, instead of just being like, oh, good, I avoided that that runaway train. I'm going to lead into it and stay on the tracks and see what Hashtag happens. Frauds. <laughs> the, uh, look, the Dolphins got crushed, and they are, they are eliminated from the playoffs thanks to Tennessee's dominant performance. I had Tennessee as the best bet this week. I thought they were going to kill them, and they did. Dante Foreman ran all over them. Ryan Tannehill, 13 of 18 for 120 and two touchdowns, and Tua Tagovailoa was quite stinky. 18 of 38. Wow. For 205 yards. God, that is repulsive. Lost the fumble. Had a Lost terrible fumble. fumble. Had a pick, too. So he had averaged, arrow your premium fumble. You hear me, that's Breach? Actually, that's actually a, a higher uh, yards per pass attempt than I thought it would be. Good Dolphins reference. Good kicker Dolphins reference. No, uh, let's see. Devontae Parker, 13 targets, four catches. Dolphins were terrible here. Titans completely manhandled them. This game uh, got actually... The Titans scored two touchdowns and a field goal. So they, they were, you know, quote-unquote... Only up 17 to three going to half, but I mean, it never felt like Miami had a chance to do anything here, right? No, season's yeah. over. Tampa Bay's, I mean, Tennessee's moving towards the. Uh, this was a fact I should, I thought this was like the Titans winning was the lock of the week. I said on HQ, uh, since the start of the 2017 season, Dolphins are one in 12 in games where the kickoff temperature is below 50 degrees. They leave South Florida in the winter. They play in a cold-weather town. They're losing. That's it. Oh, it was really cold in Nashville, too, wasn't it? it? I mean, it was literally 70 degrees here on Saturday. And is, is it snowing there now? And it is snowing and about 32 here. That is Oh, my wild. gosh, 32. And, well, I mean, coming off of 70 degrees on Saturday, Wilson, that's a pretty pretty giant yeah. turnaround. We'll just get a little snow here in, uh, in Raleigh tomorrow, but it's like just flurries during the day. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it was like, Wearing shorts on Saturday night is crazy. Uh, yeah, so look, the Dolphins are done. They can finish nine and eight. I, obviously, it would be a pyrrhic victory for for them if they they beat the Patriots. By the way, don't don't miss this. Uh, Victor Garcia points out in the chat. I can't believe you whipped on this one, Brinson. Ryan Tannehill with the ultimate revenge game on the Dolphins. Oh God, that's true. How did I not see that coming? <laughs> Good call, Victor. Um, what a what a what a whiff by me. But look, the. Titans, I mean, Vrabel deserves, but we can be quick on this game because it, again, it was a blowout. Yeah. Um, the Dolphins are going to have questions asked this offseason. You know, yeah. 
I mean, they they started slow. They went they won seven in a row against a bunch of no names. Well, I mean, but two is the question. I mean, you put him in a right. big game like this, and he chokes. He was like, Brian Flores coach of the year like two days ago. But, and now you're back at square one in your head with this two argument. You win eight straight games. You're like, yeah, maybe we'll give two. We're good with two next year. And All then right. this happened. Well, what about Deshaun? Where's Where's Deshaun Watson fit into their I mean, offense? I feel like then? they win one or two more games with Deshaun Watson. No, no. Where does he? Where does he? Is Miami now or still in the driver's seat? I mean, I think they have to be. I think if you're Miami, you're thinking, man, this team is this good. And if we put someone like Deshaun Watson in here, we're better. You go nine and eight with Tua, you go 12 and five with Deshaun, 11 and six. Yeah. The, uh, by the way, the Dolphins are now, they're currently getting the 22nd overall pick from San Francisco, and they're giving away the 14th overall pick to the Eagles. The Eagles, uh, amazing three picks that Debo is peacocking about in the top 10 are now 14, uh, 19 and 21. Although mainly because the Eagles made a playoff run and, you know, Carson went to play nothing. that's guaranteed to be in first, uh, or that it's guaranteed to be a first round pick. But yeah, the, the dolphins, the dolphins are going to be a, an off season topic. We'll handle that later. The Titans can clinch the number one seed with uh, a victory against the Texans in week 18. That game has been, the NFL announced the full schedule, by the way. That game will be at 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday next week. In week I will not be watching. No. Ra- everyone will be watching the scoreboard. Raiders 23, Colts 20. Pretty incredible victory by the, the Raiders. It felt like they were toast for, it just felt like Indy was going to, I don't know, like, the, like I mean, Maybe they weren't. I don't. This is a weird game. Carson Wentz had the most Carson Wentz throw of all time. He throws into a double coverage. The defenders collide. The ball pops up in the air, flies backward, and it lands in T.Y. Hilton's arms, which is just bananas. And then, of course, Hunter Renfro being scrappy. Hunter Renfro uh, helps uh, set up a uh, a Daniel Carson field goal to break a tie. Hunter Renfro also had a touchdown in this game. The, the Raiders aren't good, aren't scary, but they're kind of they are good. Are they good? Uh, they're, they're nine and seven. They just beat the Colts. And they were in control of this game for much of it. And Derek Carr threw two interceptions. But I said this all throughout the day. Derek Carr, you know, plays like doo-doo for 20-minute stretches. But he always seems to show up in the final three or four minutes, make some plays. They're doing it without Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro. Like, if you saw Hunter Ren- Renfro's stat line, you, you'd be like, that guy should be a first-round pick. You look at Hunter Renfro and you go, oh, he's a fifth round pick, which I think is, I think that's where he went on. Jay Jones had eight catches for 120. No, you look at Hunter Renfro, you're like, that guy was my bag boy at Publix. Right, exactly. And, and I think that speaks to the whole draft conversation. But Derek, I'll be interested to see where Derek Carr ends up next year, whether he stays in Las Vegas or whether there's some, some push to get him out of there, whatever the coaching situation is. Can, uh, Basaglia win coach of the year as the interim coach? Cause I know the wins. Yes, because, um, Bruce Arians won uh, interim coach. Oh, there you go. When Chuck Pagano I, if they make the playoffs, that, he also has to be the running. I think Zach Taylor's the favorite. But, I, I mean, what he's done with all the off-field off stuff they've had to deal with between David Arnett getting cut, the former first-round pick, obviously Henry Ruggs, obviously John Gruden. I, I mean, it's been one thing after the next. And this team, while while they have a lot of holes, they also they're they're winning some tough games. I mean, they beat the, the Cowboys in Dallas. There's no reason the Colts are losing this game. And, and they – I, you could say Carson Wentz was still recovering from COVID, but his stat line is the exact same stat line we've seen every week from Carson he's just, Wentz. He's, so. not, he's not that good. Well, Debo would like a word, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, they beat the 
They got blown out by the Chiefs. God, they lost. Remember, they beat. They lost to Washington. After what a roller coaster. So Gruden, the Gruden rug stuff happens. They lose to the Bears in Week Five. Win their next two games. Beat the Broncos and the Eagles going into the bye. Lose to the Giants, Chiefs, and Bengals coming out of the bye. Beat the Cowboys in overtime. Lose to Washington. Lose to KC and have ripped off three straight wins. They're just a very difficult team to figure out. They they feel scotch taped together. Now, so I, I, I'm thinking, like, should this scenario play out where the Steelers went out and the Jaguars end up beating the Colts? Roger Goodell has probably already talked to both these teams on the Sunday night Chargers Raiders and said, you cannot do this. But again, I don't know what the repercussions would be if they do, in fact, take knees for 70 minutes. I, I, there's got to be something in the in the in the rule. Book. Well, if if what you. Uh, suggested happens, the Raiders, I think, would have already clinched a spot. So they might there'd be no reason for them to need it. So it'd be they would basically get to pick who they want in the playoffs. Do so we just kneel you know, like the Chargers would have to beat the Raiders? It's yeah, it's it's all right. I didn't want to get sidetracked. There's, there's not gonna be kneeling. Even though it'd be Roger Goodell's worst nightmare to be hilarious. I mean, I mean the Raiders would be he, would definitely, he would definitely say something like, Hey, look, you cannot I'll be honest, I would watch. I That's would watch the thing. The, the ratings would be absolutely crazy because I, I would be like, are they actually gonna do this? It would be hysterical. Like the you know, Chris Collinsworth, he'd be going crazy. Yep. All right, anyway. Next game. I was trying to look up collusion in the rule book really quick. <laughs> do you feel like right now, do you feel better? We've been saying for weeks that the Colts are the team you don't want to face in the playoffs. Do you feel better about the Colts or the Raiders right now? I think the Raiders might scare me more. The Colts are a better overall team, but Carson, but Derek Carr is playing much better than Carson Wentz. He is, As but the uh, Bengals person, <laughs> I would rather see them play the Raiders than the Colts in the playoffs. I agree with that. You don't want to face Jonathan Taylor is what my takeaway is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, and that defense for the Colts is good. It is good. Although, clearly not good enough to stop Hunter Renfro. The- and like Carson Wentz played like a guy who was out all week. I think he started one of seven. Brent, so you mentioned his only touchdown was that uh, crazy 45 yard T.Y. Hilton. If he doesn't throw that, which was again should have been intercepted. If 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 the He's Raiders intercept that 26 for a hundred yards and a pick. Exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> we're like, oh but that stat line's the exact same stat line every week from Carson Wentz, whether he's got COVID or not. Yeah, I don't the Colts are I don't want to play the Colts in the playoffs, but I'm no longer scared of the Colts like making a deep run. Not with not unless Wentz just flicks a switch or something like that. Or they they trade for Nick Foles and start him over Carson Ooh. Wentz. Unnecessarily saucy. The by the way, the Colts clinch a berth with uh, a win at the Jaguars or a Pittsburgh loss in Week 17, plus Baltimore and J- and the, Cl- the Clippers. The Chargers losing in Week <laughs> 18. Raiders can clinch a playoff spot with either of two, they either win versus the Chargers or one Pittsburgh loss and Indy losing. So still some multiple paths to get in there. Chargers 34. Broncos 13, Justin Herbert broke Phillip Rivers' record for most passing touchdowns in a single season by mm. a Chargers quarterback. 35 now. Rivers had 34 in 2018. I like Herbert. 20, uh, 33 in 2016. Dan Fouts, 33 in 1981. I'm just bitter. About Justin Herbert? No, no. Just about Breach having success and me not having success. Ha uh-huh. You've had 20 years of Big Ben. Should we talk Fair about enough. the Bengals again? <laughs> I'm in. Uh, Herbert was Herbert was good in this game, man. They, this is an ass kicking. Oh yeah. And if you want to see uh, hurt early, and Brett Rippon had to come in, and the Chargers sort of pulled away, and Locke was forced to uh, try to throw the ball downfield a bunch. Didn't work out. He actually finished with an okay stat line. 
Um, but the Chargers did a much better job of stopping the run, only gave up 73 yards to Melvin Gordon and uh, Javante Williams on 24 carries, ran the ball pretty well, had a couple deep shots. There's really, I mean, like 21 unnecessary points to screw my over in this game in the fourth quarter that just didn't need to happen. Is Vic Fangio back next year? Uh, I don't know who reported it, whether it's JLC or some other NFL insider from another network slash website, but it sounded like Vic Fangio might be in demand this offseason should he be elsewhere, which I thought, which I found interesting. I don't think he's the problem. Is it DC or is it head coach? It's a head coach, it sounded like. But uh, here's the takeaway for me if you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter if you're Bill Belichick, your team's probably not going to be very good. So the fact that they, they went seven to nine is, is sort of impressive. Yeah, and you know what's funny is if the Chargers had beaten the Texans last week, they wouldn't be worrying about all this playoff mumbo jumbo in Week 18 on Sunday night. Jason Lockerfora said said the fun uh, the Fangio thing. He'll be he'll be covered as a, a defensive coordinator, not as a head coach. Oh, as a DC. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, that's that that makes total sense. Um, it's crazy too. The, so uh, this is a good question from the chat on YouTube. And if you're if you're in the chat on YouTube, hit the like button, smash that puppy. A <laughs> couple more. Uh, Kill the puppy. puppies. I know. What are you doing? I probably shouldn't say smash that puppy, huh? Uh, is, the, is the Broncos roster really as good as it was hyped during the preseason? Probably not. Well, they but, traded Von Miller. Yeah, they traded Von Miller. I mean, they, were, they, they still have a ton of talent. They just don't have a quarterback, and I don't think they have the right coaching staff in place. Like, I don't know that. that give him a quarterback, and let's see what happens. Yeah. But let me ask you. Let me put it to you this way. Who's winning... 10 games with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is a good replacement. Level well, let's, if, if the Broncos had Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed there and everything is. else is the same and the Broncos have Vic Fangio and Teddy Bridgewater, who's winning the AFC the Chiefs, West? The Chiefs have Teddy Bridgewater and Vic Fangio. Yeah, that's right. The Broncos are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes on this Broncos team with the, yeah. Probably. Maybe they need to go after Russell Wilson. I mean, they have plenty of guys. You know, we, we, you mentioned the running backs, and they have Corlin what about Sutton, this Jerry what about, Judy, Noah Fant. They've got weapons. What about Mahomes and Fangio in Denver and Reed and Bridgewater and KC? Still taking, I'm taking Denver. Uh, I would take KC. Reed and Bridgewater? Reed yeah, Water? I think it's I, – I mean, yeah. I'm yeah. taking Denver. You just have a more explosive Drew Locke on your hands since Vic Fangio and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> That's disrespectful. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> probably my word uh, the i know there's some rogers uh, aaron Rodgers to denver chatter in the chat that is seems pretty unlike i i just think rogers is standing green bay at this point as, as wilson pointed out uh we'll get to uh, i don't know unless shane leans like yeah we don't need to be in green bay anymore how about you get not in green bay rams 20 ravens 19 Woo-hoo. ravens still alive in the playoffs despite matthew despite matthew stafford ripping their hearts out hardly are you still st- you waving your stinky hand for Matthew Stafford? No, maybe maybe I pass gas. You see, just don't this, know. Yeah, see, <laughs> you're doing what Breach did to me. This is like when like when my wife is mad about something else and takes it out on me. She's yeah. always mad at you about something, so don't act like it's not your fault. No, no, no. Like on Saturday, she was like yelling. I was like, "What are you doing? I didn't do anything wrong." Like you're mad that Breach is having success. So no. you're you want somebody else to feel bad too? I've been saying for a few weeks here that Stafford has not lived up to the hype. And again, I can't. I don't remember who said it on Twitter, but the old Jerry Goff with a better PR firm. He didn't change my opinion. I love Matthew Stafford. I think he's a great guy. I love Sean McVay. I love the the Rams, but he has not played well. And I think that 
I think he's hurt. Well, and, and I think what Wilson's trying to say is this is like celebrating that you just won $10,000 in the lottery, but you just spent $10,000 in lottery tickets. So, right. like, it's right. not a net positive. It is guys, just – Guys, that's, that's what this comeback was. I mean, Stafford dug them this hole. He's the one who put him in the hole. So, you know, giving him all this credit for leading this comeback after throwing two interceptions and, and keeping the Ravens in the game. I mean, it was a good comeback. I'll give him that. He played very well in the fourth quarter – Huge and, fourth down conversion, great pass, great right. catch. You mentioned Odell Beckham earlier. That's a fantastic catch. Um, one of the catches we haven't seen a lot of from Odell Beckham. So that those are all positives for sure. And again, I don't care about um, Taylor Rapp and, and Jalen Ramsey getting a fight. That means little to me. No, um, but I, I am more concerned about Stafford's consistency. And you might be right; he very well could be hurt. But that doesn't change the fact that they have to play football games next week and, and going on beyond that, and they, they need to figure out what's going on. Right, and he's going to have to play four good quarters if they're going to win a playoff game, and that's, you know, we haven't seen that too many times from him don't, this year. Don't disagree with that. He needs, to, he, he needs to play better. He has as many playoff wins as Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. Andy it's Dalton. Ridiculous. He plays for the Lions. I'm not... Brinson, would you rather have Matthew Stafford next week? Or Philip Rivers had he played the whole year in the Ram with the Rams going going into week eighteen and beyond. I mean, I think Matthew Stafford gives you more upside. Look, Matthew Stafford is a streaky quarterback who is going to have some bad moments. The pick six, horrendous. Oof. But he also has some great moments. The second interception wasn't better. The no. fumble also wasn't great. Look, man, but like I understand that Baltimore's defense isn't very good, and the secondary can be lit up. But you know, the Ravens are a playoff contender that came to play. I mean, they were a desperate team. Fun it fact. Stop it. Matthew Stafford has the fourth most pick sixes in NFL history. <laughs> Breach brought the ammo tonight. This team, is, this team is 12 and four and can win the hardest division in football. And it would be week. 16 and zero if Stafford came to play every week. What do you think they'd be 16 and 0 with Jared Goff? It's ridiculous. No, I don't think they're trolling takes. I do not think they would be. No, I, I don't know why you're saying that. I never said anything remotely. <laughs> Compared to that, they would be nine and six, seven Someone or eight, or whatever. How many games they now? I mean, yeah, you guys are trolling the crap out of me at one a.m. <laughs> on a Sunday night. I'm exhausted, and I love Matthew Stafford. So stop it. I mean, they're going to win the division, and they're going to be tough to beat. So, I mean, that's exactly what you want if you're the Rams. I, I, I think that the the discussion around the Rams is clouded by Stafford not playing at the same level that he played at earlier in the year. And maybe you know, over the last couple of weeks, and so people are naturally starting to be like, when, when Stafford struggles, people want to come. They come with the pitchforks. I mean, it's just he's just one of those dudes. They want to come get him. Nah, I, I think people generally like Matthew Stafford because he's he's a really likable guy. I think he left Detroit on good terms. Obviously, he overcame the the health issues with his wife, and everyone was rooting for him there. I just think that he's not played well, and he very well could be injured. He said a few weeks ago, after a multi turnover day, that the team won in spite of him, and. He just hasn't played up to the expectations. That's the reason they shipped Jerry Goff out of town. But the thing is, they're winning despite the fact he's throwing multiple interceptions in this game and against right. the Vikings. And they're on a five-game win streak. And and yeah, exactly. So when he when he's not throwing multiple interceptions, they're going to start winning big. And he just needs to uh, play better once they get to the playoffs. All right. So not a pro football reference. So if you factor in this game, he is he's he's. I mean. His 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 number his touchdown numbers aren't quite there. So he's got eleven touchdowns and six interceptions in the last five games. That's not that's too many picks. Needs to avoid those. Needs to avoid those turnovers. Uh, if I recall correctly, not all of them his fault. Uh, but like sixty eight percent completion thereabouts. It's only at like 
265, 270 yards per game, maybe. So I, I get it. I mean, he's he has been a, an above average quarterback for the last five weeks, but he hasn't been an elite quarterback the way that we thought he was going to be for the full season. Correct. Who wins? But they're the still good. They're a good team. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. 10 and six. They didn't clinch their division today. Like some other teams I know of Who? that are in the AFC North. Oh, that's right. Um, but they're good. Who wins the division? Cardinals or Rams? Rams. Who do the Cardinals play? Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah. 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 I don't, again, the Cardinals are the most wishy-washy team on planet earth. <laughs> the Rams find ways to win. And maybe next week is the week that Jerry Goff puts it all together. So I'll, I'll, I'll lean towards LA. Okay. Uh, Cooper cup. You saw the graphic that Debo put up Cooper cup, a hundred receptions, 1500 receiving yards and 15 receiving touchdowns in a single season joins only three other guys to do it. Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison, and Jerry Rice. I mean, what a what a season from Cooper Cup. And yeah. he has the third most receptions in NFL history right now. That's crazy. Imagine First if he had a good quarterback, how good he his numbers would be. <laughs> it's weird because he never did this with Jerry Goff. Uh, by the way, to circle back quickly to the Raiders, Chargers tie, someone points out on Twitter, the Raiders were outscored, outscored by the Chiefs 89-23. I don't think they would be interested in going back to Kansas City, so maybe that would be incentive <laughs> enough. To, to win that football game. That's a good point. Uh, Packers, 37. Vikings, 10. Packers clinched the bye. Absolutely curb stomp Sean Mannion and, and the Vikings. <laughs> Don't put his name on it. It's not his fault. He was minding his own business. And Mike Zimmer threw him out there. Uh, so I can't, how is that guy 29? He looks like he's 52. <laughs> he looks so old. He looks older than Mike Zimmer. Uh, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, outstanding again. Probably locked up MVP. 29 to 38. 288 yards and two touchdowns. Devontae Adams, 11 catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown. Clinched my fantasy title in uh, the fantasy football today league. So that's exciting. Take that, Marone. How, uh, who should come back in Minnesota? Uh, I'll give you some names. Um, Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins, who's going to make 35 million next year, count 45 million against the cap. Um, guy, what's the uh, GM's name? Um, Rick Spielman. Spielman? Like all three, one of them, two of them. I would, be, I would be really, really shocked if Rick Spielman was fired. I would not be shocked if Mike, if they decided to go in a different direction uh, than Mike Zimmer. I don't think what, that is crazy. What about the quarterback? I don't think you can get rid of him. Because the the contract, because of he's he, how valuable he is as a, as a player. Because of his vaccination status. Here's, uh, that's the other thing. And you're sort of half joking, but he couldn't play. This, we said this before the season. Look, look at, I mean, and look, I know that Lamar's not missing because of his vaccination, but they had to start Josh Johnson for a game because, you know. Well, I mean, this, the Viking situation ref reflects poorly on the head coach because Mike Zimmer made it clear the entire preseason I'm that he was not happy that Kirk Cousins was not vaccinated. Uh, he, he took it public. Uh, he he kind of ragged on him passive aggressively whenever he got the chance. So if you're going to do that, whatever. But you know what? If you're going to do that, you also need to bring in a, a backup quarterback who's actually good. You can't just be out they there. They drafted one in the third round. Did, so did you watch him play tonight? And and no, yeah, you, he, no, you need to bring in an actual somebody with experience. If you are afraid well, that your starting let, let quarterback's going to derail your playoff team because he's going to get COVID because he's not vaccinated, then you need to have a good backup in place. I get that, but let me push back because there were 10 quarterbacks drafted. Eight have played. Seven have started. 
The two that hadn't seen a snap coming into the night uh, were Kyle Trask in Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, and Kellen Mond, for reasons that remain a mystery in Minnesota. He came in for one series, almost to an interception. But if you're drafting him that high with the expectation that he's going to play, right? third round, no, early in the third round. Your, you can't assume the third round rookie's going to be your backup quarterback. Davis Mills is starting in Houston, and he's hanging in there. That's Houston. They weren't a playoff contender going into the year. Whatever. But here's the point. Why are you drafting him? And um, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN tweeted during the game that he said that the expectation was that Kellerman would sit for a year and they didn't want to force him out there, yada, yada, yada. This is pretty important. So I I agree with you. It points to, to bad preparation by either the front office or the coaching staff that you don't have a quarterback that's ready to go. But if you drafted Kellerman in August and you didn't, and it looked, it was clear to you then that he wasn't going to be able to play, then yes, I, I'm 100%. You can't go with Sean Mannion. Well, and now the Vikings are eliminated. Mike Zimmer was asked after the game, uh, do you think you're going to want to get a look at Kellen Mond next week? <laughs> and he said, not particularly. <laughs> it sort of feel, Does this sort of feel like Eagles week 17 last year? Where Doug Peterson's like, nah, the ship's going down. I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say whatever's on my I mean, Zimmer always says what's on his mind, but I mean, it was... It was just an embarrassing loss for the Vikings. I mean, no one expected much from him, but it was oh, ugly. Let's see if I can. Uh, let's see if I can play this in uh, in in other things. Zimmer looks happy in this press conference. It look, I mean, he he. I mean, I think Zimmer probably knows that he's the guy who's going to be thrown under the bus in this spot. Even though, I mean, I don't think that his. Let's see here. You think you want to get a look at Mon next week? Not particularly. <laughs> Do you think you'll have a job next week? Not particularly. <laughs> Not particularly. This is killing me. This is a Belichick style reply. Um, That's uh, uh, my general manager was the one who made the call to draft him. I had no say in that. I don't plan on playing him. He's not ready to play. And I'd prefer to have any quarterback besides him or Kirk Cousins. And if someone could get someone in here, I wouldn't need to be fired. That's what he said with that comment. And then he took his shirt off and gave the peace sign and walked out. <laughs> he said, I'm going back to my Instagram bottle. <laughs> he's like married, you know. He's married or dating, like a, like a. Yeah, she was. She was in cahoots with him with the fake vaccine card. Okay, um, who? Antonio. I Brown's think we'll talk about Antonio Brown. Mike Zimmer dates like a thirty-five-year-old Instagram model. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant Antonio Brown, who's also dating Instagram model. Who, who amongst us isn't dating Instagram models? Well, good for old Mike Zimmer. Yeah, I. I it is interesting that to to have these two teams that we're talking about with Minnesota and Denver in that Mike, I think Mike Zimmer and Vic Fangio are very, you know, they're great, uh, great defensive coordinators who, you know, or it took forever to get long looks at the coaching jobs and are, are typically frowned upon because they're defensive and you know, defensive minded, conservative, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not surprising that they would sort of be, even even like you know like a, a seven and ten season is going to get maybe one of them fired as opposed to if it's like a hot young offensive mind maybe you give a little bit more credit I think does that seem fair yeah I'm, I'm looking up Zimmer's okay. girlfriend I don't have time to listen this this is the this Ryan's is on the, the Google machine Ryan's wife you not know this uh you know I'm Ryan's wife's going to see that he's been googling Instagram girlfriend. <laughs> Great. Listen, Mike Zimmer, we should not feel bad for Mike Zimmer. He is doing fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, this is the daytime. Good for you, buddy. All right. <laughs> what a revelation. Hey, Wilson, would you would you like to get a look at Mike Zimmer's girlfriend next week? Yes, particularly. 
holy Moses in the daytime. What, what do you think they talk about? <laughs> Football. Oh my gosh. The people in the chat is and O's. People in the chat are people in the chat are, are, are cackling up to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, sweet mercy in the daytime. It's pretty wild. All right. So anyway, well, you know, if people get fired, of course, we'll have a, a Black Friday or Black Monday. <laughs> I can't, can't deal with this. Uh, Black Monday recap. But yeah, the Packers are awesome. They clinched the one seed. The Vikings are out of the playoffs. There's going to be a lot of questions asked. I don't think they can move on from Kirk Cousins unless they trade him, in which case you would only have a $10 million dead cap hit. I would guess that more likely is Cousins is back for a year. I almost think you could – I wouldn't hate the idea of just running it back one more year. You uh, would, never would hate that idea. Vikings fans would absolutely deplore it. What, what's the upside? What are the positives from this team? I don't want to say they quit in this game because they had a lot going against them, but they didn't look like they wanted to be out there. I, I don't disagree. I mean, that. do you want to be outside in eight degree weather? I don't even talk about this game right now. Okay, yeah. let's, let's move on. Uh, smash that like button. We got a couple more likes. We get a free, we're giving away a hat, a Brinson sucks hat. Cardinals 25, Cowboys 22. Massive win for the Cardinals. Keeps them alive in the division race. If they had lost that game, the Rams would have clinched, I believe, the NFC West uh, and would have made a you know huge blow to the 49ers, as Breach has pointed out previously. We saw the 49ers' uh, playoff percentage drop 20%. It's because the Rams are now are not going to rest players because they want to try and win the division. Sean McVay almost certainly would have rested his guys had um, had the uh, had the had the Cardinals you know lost the the Cowboys. What, uh, um, let me ask you this, Princeton, and I ask it with all sincerity. What were, you, what were you giggling about there? I'll show you. I'll put it in Slack. Uh, this is me. This this here. Uh, I ask this with all, with all sincerity. Uh, rank these quarterbacks. Dak Don't Prescott, make me do it. Dak Prescott. Yeah, breach. You start. Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins. <sighs> Dak Stafford Cousins. Okay, and just because none of those guys show up in big games and. W- this is becoming a problem in Dallas. Um, they blew out the Washington football team. No one cares. Um, the defense is doing, having to do the heavy lifting, and the defense has been, you know, mostly good. But they went up against Kyler Murray, who was undefeated uh, at the Jerry Dome, which is sort of hysterical. And they were never—I mean, they got close to the end there, but it never felt like they were going to win that football game, mostly because the offense no showed. Yes, Michael Gallup towards ACL—that stinks for him. He's going into his contract year. That's terrible news. But even when he was healthy. Dak Prescott and, and the offense w- was struggling, and I don't know what to make of it. I'm more concerned about the Cowboys than I am the Rams. Oh, yeah. I, it, the Cowboys were bad for a month on offense and then just obliterated the Washington football team last week, and we sort of like, all right, well, I guess everything's fixed and everything's fine, and it's not fixed and it's not fine, mm-hmm. and they look bad. Like They were bad against the Cardinals in this game. Uh, it, was, it, it was just crazy to see them struggle so much because you kept thinking, oh, they're going to get over the hump. They're going to get over the hump. And finally, in the fourth quarter, they showed some semblance of life. But, I mean, it was just – it was everything. They couldn't – they didn't even really try to run the ball. If you're going to throw it 40 times, you know, you need Dak to be better. And his overall numbers weren't horrible, but they just couldn't get a big play when they needed it. I know Cowboys fans are saying, well, if the referees had any idea what they were doing and would have ruled that call a fumble – uh, at the in the fourth quarter on the Cardinals' final possession, then we would have gotten the ball back with a chance to tie or a chance to win. Uh, well, if the Cowboys' coaching staff wouldn't have been fooled out of a timeout on uh, 
the the by the Cardinals earlier in the game, they would have had an extra timeout to use at the end of the game. Um, so it was just it was it was a crazy game. I mean, because it just felt like Arizona was in control the whole way when Dallas. You know, we were all high on them because they were playing so well over the past few weeks. You know, Brinson, you mentioned the 56 point game, but they they were they had won four straight. But yeah, but they, they hadn't looked good on offense. They were they were even being talked about as a defensive team more so than, than you know, the, well, I mean, before, before the Washington game, everybody's talking about how Dak was in a slump. He's well, yeah, back in mean, it. yeah, if I were a Dak fan, you guys would be trolling me about it. I mean, that's like Dak has not been playing well. And then he comes out and the offense just did not look sharp against against Arizona. And that is a big concern as you're headed to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they couldn't run the ball at all. I mean, Dak, Dak finished with like, you know, three touchdowns and 24, 38, 226. But it was a very, con- it was a very, con- he also had a huge, he had a huge fumble in the fourth quarter. Yep. When the Cowboys were driving to try and tie it. It was a very concerning performance for a Dallas team that we thought had found its, had rediscovered its offensive if you will, mojo, and uh, uh, and it was going to be you know coming to the playoffs hot. Now, if you're Dallas, you know, I know you know we said Philly might sit their players. I mean, Dallas is motivated to play on on Saturday. I mean, they they need to they need a good outing on Saturday to really because the thing with Dallas is like they're playing the Eagles aren't playing anyone though, right? Well, we don't know that, but we would we would presume. Yeah, I'm just saying that I'm saying that like if the thing with Dallas is like when. They're, if they struggle going into the playoffs, you can see the the negative energy building up around that team. Like a big outing against the Eagles, feel confident going to the playoffs. You're going to host a playoff game. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know, man. Let they, me ask you this: um, sort of throwback to Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett. Kellen Moore's already got a job interview lined up with Jacksonville, I believe. If they get blown out in the first playoff game, yeah. is there any way that Jerry Jones wants to keep Kellen Moore? And sends Mike McCarthy to the Wade Phillips, you know, retirement farm. Yes, I think that is possible. Ooh, ooh, saucy breach. Yes. Golly. Especially what if they lose to the Eagles in the playoffs? They beat them on Saturday and they turn around and lose the next week. Well, I think that it's more likely. Oh yeah, they're they're going to play the AFC NFC West yeah, second place team. They, that means they're going to play the Rams or the Cardinals. That's yes. not a great matchup for the Cowboys nice. on the road. No, it's at home. Oh, they're going to win the division. Yeah, I mean, they might. They might go back. They might have to play Arizona, the team they just lost to again in the playoffs, or the. Alabama does not lose to the Jerry Dome. Eight and zero, I believe. Nine and zero now. Nine and zero. Yep, four and zero in uh, in high school, four and zero in college, and now one and zero in the pros. He doesn't lose there. There's a there's a path. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure if if things play out the way that we expect them to play out, then it'll be Dallas against Arizona or Dallas against the Rams because neither San Francisco nor Philadelphia can catch either of the Rams or the Cardinals. So, I mean, unless Dallas, unless Tampa Bay loses and, you know, all hell breaks loose, it's more than likely they will be the four seed to play the, the, the team that loses the, the, the second place NFC West team. All right. What's next? All right. Hit the like button. Trying to get up past this number, you, you goofs. We're almost there. Oh, my God. There's so many football games. Eagles 20, WFT 16. 
Tell Debo's working the rundown when the first question is, can Eagles make any noise if they make the playoffs? They <laughs> did make the playoffs, Debo. They clinched the playoffs. Debo, are you, are you in the uh, hot tub or can you answer some questions? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the hot tub now, but I, I'm, I'm far enough. I don't want to drop this in the water. so I, I can are, you actually, talk. are you actually in a hot tub? I'm That's not going to turn the camera on. That's what I'll say. <laughs> oh, God. So, it's after dark. Were you at all concerned about the Eagles' sluggish start against Yes. The- Okay. Yes, I've been concerned for the past couple of weeks, and luckily they're facing NFC East opponents. Now that they are in the playoffs, if they have a similar type start versus the Buccaneers or the Rams or or even the Cowboys, it's not going to turn out with the same outcome. But I'm happy with this team being in the playoffs, coming off of you know week three, getting crushed by the Cowboys. You guys asked me how many wins would they have. I said eight. I didn't even say playoffs at that point, but you thought that was crazy. Late November when they lost one of the most embarrassing losses of the year to the fighting Freddie Kitchens and the Giants. (laughs) I still thought they would make the playoffs. Um, Nine wins in Nick Sirianni's first year when there was all those concerns by myself and others early in the year. A lot of questions with Jalen Hurts as a year one starter. This is a a win of a year for the Eagles. And then on top of it, Princeton said earlier, there's three first round picks. So to be in the playoffs, have three first round picks. I'm encouraged by the future. And I do think they can make a little noise in the playoffs. The slow starts concern me. Um, and I'm not booking my tickets to the Super Bowl like Breach. Welcome, Debo. You know, we'll we'll fist fight in the parking lot if we yes. have to. Told you, Breach. No, we're just no fist fighting. It feels good. It feels good to be in the playoffs and and not have next week matter at this point. I'll say uh, this: had the uh, if the Saints make the playoffs or the Vikings had they made the playoffs, B Mac always talks with Brian McFadden or Coburger talks about in the way teams. Those are in the way in the way teams. They're going to get steamrolled in the playoffs. I, I feel like in the NFC there are every team you don't. It feels like you don't want to face them, and that includes the Eagles, the 49ers, Should they remain there? Uh, the and even the Rams. <laughs> the Rams, but uh, there aren't very many. I would argue, as this, as as the playoffs uh, appear on, on both conferences, there are no in the way teams. These are all going to be what feels like on paper anyway, good football games. I think the Packers are clearly the best team in the NFC. I don't know who the best team in the AFC is right now, uh, but every team, you wouldn't say, "Oh my God, there's they, they have no business being there." Yeah, and there's a, a sense that the Eagles kind of play to their level of competition, and it's super fair to bring up that they have not beaten playoff teams, and that's very valid and a concern for once they do reach the playoffs, but I'll also say outside of that Week 3 loss to the Cowboys, which I think both teams are at a very different point in their season right now, they've been competitive with the Chiefs and, and the Bucks, and they should have beaten the Chargers and some of these other teams on their schedule that are in the playoffs or playoff consideration. So I do not see this team getting blown out in the wild card round. And as I just dropped in slack, you know who was high on the Eagles this year and thought they were going to make the playoffs? Tony Romo. We should have been listening to not just Debo, but Romo. Debo and Romo should get their own podcast together. Um, yeah, that'd be Debo and Tony Romo doing an Eagles podcast would be something. <laughs> they, beat the, they beat Washington by four, by the way. Are you saying that's not not impressive, or are you just by the weighing? No, I, th- I thought it was I thought it was a good gritty win. I mean, Washington was giving it all. They, you know, how weird is it to have the seventh seed clinch and not the sixth seed? By the way, 
Like, how often do you see that? Uh, probably not that often. Yeah, like never. Like the 49ers are the sixth seed and the Eagles are the seventh seed, but the Eagles have clinched a playoff spot, but the 49ers haven't. That's so bizarre. Is that right? That's what makes it great. Yeah, that's right. It's so weird. Do the math, Brenton. Duh. You're not a math guy. Uh, Airframer asked in the chat, stay with Hurts for sure next season. No brainer. Yes. Yeah. Do no. not look at a college quarterback. Do not look at Kirk Cousins like someone in the media may have suggested. Mm-hmm. It's Jalen Hurts. What? Did I suggest that? No, no. <laughs> I love that you're not sure. <laughs> well, <it's> like, what? <laughs> Debo, when, when this game I thought was crazy because remember the last time these two teams played, Washington jumped out. Night. Washington jumps out to a 10 nothing lead, but no one thought Washington was going to win. This time around, they had Taylor Heineke. They jumped out to a 10 nothing lead. Were you a little bit worried? A little bit. A little bit. Heineke's <laughs> better than Garrett Gilbert. That is for sure. Oh, great question from Zach Hegel in the chat. What about the wall that almost took out Jalen Hurts in that crap hole of a stadium? Somebody, <laughs> I don't know if it was Zach, but somebody tagged me on Twitter when um, they tagged the podcast when they saw it because we know we always talk about how bad that stadium is. I mean, Thank, frankly, nobody got hurt. He's Jalen Hurts is done for the year if he's three feet to the left. That would have been, I mean, I don't even know what what happens if that. My my first thought, and this is just the way my brain was working because they hadn't clinched at that point and needed the Niners to win and the Packers to win. I just he, watched the he, clip now. He's not seen he's, that. He's no. right next to the fans, and I'm just like, he's gonna get COVID tested, like COVID protocols and all that. Like that's my first thought, just being in in close proximity to those fans for a couple of minutes, um, and, and then you know heading into Week 18. Oh no, it's it's Minshew mania that we got to rely on. Yes. Which, and he's just down there with all his family. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, he, imagine casually walking out of that stadium. Eagles fans have crowded down there to say bye and then just boop. Oh, my God. Like 10 guys fell. I mean, that is crazy. How did no one get hurt? Was my his thing leg away. is broken if he's three feet to the right. Instead, he's helping fans out. Yeah, that could have been way worse. Yeah. It seems like, like everybody laughing. Everybody's chuckling. Yeah. No I mean, major just, injuries or anything. It's like when Reggie Bush sued St. Louis because. He slipped he on the. Thing. He slipped and tore his ACL. You can go. You can go check it out on uh, Mike Garofalo's uh, Twitter feed. He was following uh, the. Um, he was following Hurts uh, off the field when it happened. Uh, Mike was covering that game for NFL Media. Uh, anything else in the Eagles, Diva? Go Birds! Told you all along this would be a playoff team, and they're there. Birds. Told you. That, 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 Who would have ever thought we live in a world where me and Debo would be right at the same time in the same and- week? Yeah, me and me and Breach both right. Both hey, my, team, my, team's right making, now. my team's making the playoffs. Shut up. But your team retired when Phillip Rivers retired. Uh, the Rams are my team now. Okay. Wilson's the only one without a playoff team. <laughs> Brinson, I'll make a, since I haven't made the offer in 2022 yet, uh, shave your head bet if the Eagles play the Rams in the playoffs. Oh, mm. I'd love it. No. What about the, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl? Will you shave your head? <laughs> Absolutely not. They're in the playoffs. If the Saints, Bengals win the Super Bowl, if the Bengals beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl, will you take a degree. bath? Will you take a bath, a bathtub full of Skyline Chili? Oh, oh! You'd rather shave his head. I'd rather shave my head. Oh my God! Saints eighteen, Panthers ten. Oh my God! Saints what? somehow managed to cover. This game was atrocious. Why does Breach always make it creepy? Why is the bathtub full of Skyline Chili creepy? That's what you fantasize about if you live in Cincinnati. <laughs> Crazy. This, 
The only thing about this game is that the Saints covered, and it, it's going to help me squeak out my... my and they end, stayed alive for the playoffs. My end-of-season ATS wins. That's all I cared about. <laughs> yeah, I need this one, too. I'm, I'm one game back of uh, first place in my picks league and, and creeping creeping back into, into, into things in the ATS. So let's see who's in first in the straight-up. Oh, what? someone came back and is back on time. Let me a general question because I, I give zero doo-doos about this game. If you're Sean Payton, are you going to roll with Jameis next year? I sort of feel like maybe that's the direction they're going. I don't know. Did um Russell Wilson say he would go to New Orleans last offseason? I think so. I think okay. New Orleans would be in the mix. And if you're the Panthers, what are you doing with Matt Rule? I know that David Tepper said, yeah, hey, I think you're coming back. And what are you doing with the quarterback? I don't know. Sam Donald's, <laughs> I mean, I, it's like, let's see. Donald has to come back, but I mean, you don't have to play him. Uh, let me see. That's fine. Uh, he's, what, uh, oh, man, this is a text from my buddy, Matt Gray. Man, that's hard to watch. We need a completely new offensive line. Sam is average, but a lot of quarterbacks would struggle with that O-line. And I replied to, you know, I was like, yeah, terrible. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. And he's like, so deflating. And, I think that's sort of where Panthers fans are is you thought that Matt rule, you know, was building enough pieces in place to maybe t- do that third year leap thing that he did in college. Do you watch. believe Matt rule when he says things are going exactly as I think they're going? I mean, do you believe Joe judge when he says that? I read Joe judge's comments. I didn't see them. And I, I, he's not wrong, I, but, look, but I don't so believe Joe judge and Matt rule both doing the same thing. They're saying internally things are going great. I right. know you can't see it. But, you know, we're putting in the work, we're building the culture, and maybe they are. And But the bottom line is those two teams are not going to win without a quarterback. And even if they have a quarterback, they're not going to win without an offensive line. And our buddy so, Joe Person wrote about the Matt Rule in particular in The Athletic. It was a really good story, well-sourced. And my one of Rule's issues is that, and this is an issue with a lot of college coaches, they they treat the NFL like college, and he micromanages a lot of things, at least according to, to Joe's reporting. And that doesn't necessarily go over well. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're losing and to have an impatient owner. Yeah, I would say that if you look at the Panthers, they are currently somehow just the sixth seed at five and a or six six overall six seed. Six uh, overall <laughs> pick in the draft. Um, and it, that's a pretty good spot to be able to pick up an offensive lineman, I think, in this. You know, you can I'm not saying they're gonna fix the offensive line overnight, but if you draft if you can find a, a stud prospect in the draft. And get somebody in free agency. Maybe Brady Christensen takes a step forward next year. You know, Matt Paradis comes back from injury. You know, you have Moten. Uh, uh, I mean, they can. You know, they can. There's a there's a path to where the offensive line goes from worst unit in the league to average to slightly above average. And then. What's the quarterback situation? In which case, I mean, Tepper's probably going to get aggressive with Deshaun Watson. And, you know, maybe draft somebody, maybe punt on it and just, you know, go one where you were Darnold. I mean, the Darnold fifth year option thing was just the Darnold trade was just stupid. I don't think Tepper has the patience to go with Darnold for one more year. He gave rule a seven year deal. So that to me says he'll definitely try to get to Sean Watson. And then he's, I, I think he will try to fix the offensive line. Toot sweet. The problem is you, I don't think you can fix the offensive line and get to Sean Watson at the same time. We'll, we'll see. Because you're going to have to give up that six overall pick to the Texans to get mm-hmm. Sean Watson, and then that makes it really difficult to fix the offensive line. So just keep drafting him, keep signing him for it. There's a path, but it is a narrow one. So Payton. what about the Jameis Winston to New Orleans? I feel like he liked Jameis, Sean Payton. I think he likes Jameis. I think he will try to get Russ. 
and we'll see and, if that's viable. Because Taysom isn't an option, and Trevor Simeon obviously is an option. Ian Book, not next year. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got enough likes to give away a hat. Oh, two hundred is a record, isn't it? Um, I would not bet on Jameis Winston to be the week one starter next year, but it's entirely possible that he will be. And he's recovering from, recovering from ACL too, so we'll see. 49ers, 23, Texans, 7. Yeah. I, uh, I the Texans were going to cover 12 and a half. The blow right oh, yeah. Face. 49ers had to st- stumble into a second half cover. It was, it was not. Yeah. It Dang was, it. Uh, they, were, they were losing 7 nothing after a, a great drive by Davis Mills to start. And then the Texans, remember, they were the Texans. Not an incredibly impressive effort from either team. Trey Lance just isn't really ready to be out there on a full-time basis right now. But if Jimmy Garoppolo can't get healthy, he's going to have to. I, I did think he looked better. Yeah. But it's also because a Texan, so it's hard to say. And don't don't forget that, you know, um, Shanahan hasn't played him in like over a month. A month yeah, and a half, maybe. Oh, yeah. he used to have the, the packages for him early in the season. We weren't even seeing him smell the field. So, you know, he wasn't great, but that's not a surprise. Debo Samuel became the first player in NFL history with 1,200 receiving yards and 300 rushing yards in the same season. Pretty crazy. Seven rush touchdowns, six receiving touchdowns. You see Trey Lance's splits there, week five at Arizona versus week 17 against Houston. Um, you know, I don't, I mean, look, is Trey Lance starting next week or is Jimmy G going to be back? We don't know. It's a must win game. It's a win, win in your end game for the, uh, for the 49ers. I, I don't think that we can take a whole lot of lessons from this game other than, San Francisco is still capable of overpowering bad teams if they are playing, if the offense is clicking. Their running game is working, yep. I mean, that's what it comes down to for them. I mean, look, this is a Texans team that just beat the uh, Chargers last week, and they made Justin Herbert look a little silly. So, I, I mean, I don't think you can completely discount and say, hey, look, you know, Trey Lance isn't that good because he didn't play well or only played average against the Texans. I thought he played pretty well considering his second career start you get your feet wet even more in case you do have to start that game next week. And if you're Kyle Shanahan, you're thinking, you know what, as long as our run game's working, we can beat the Rams. And it was working against the Texans. We saw Eli Mitchell return, you know, after a month off with injuries and go for over a hundred. And I think that's your takeaway for Kyle Shanahan. Like, all right, we got the ground game back going. Uh, now we feel like we can beat the Rams. Yep. I, yeah, agree. I agree completely. And mm-hmm. all right. So big game next week for the 49ers win and they're in. If they lose, the Saints can still lose and they can get in. If they lose and the Saints win, they are out. Let's take one more quick break. When we come back, we will wrap up the rest of these games. The Bills beat the Falcons 29 to 15. They uh depending on what what line you got, they either pushed or potentially uh, didn't fail to cover. The Falcons are eliminated. The Bills can clinch the AFC East with a win or a Patriots loss in week 18. Josh Allen had two rushing touchdowns in the first quarter. Looked like they were going to roll the Falcons, and all of a sudden they're just losing at halftime. He threw a, a red zone interception, and they would have been up three scores. Had another interception that was deflected. He, he played okay. I mean, a deflection you can't really do much about. They had a fumble that resulted in, in a safety on a punt. They could recover the ball, but they were still down two nothing because they recovered in the end zone. So there, it was sloppy at times. The snow, snow game too, by the way. Yeah, but I mean, it's in Buffalo, and the snow. It, it was like it was just flurries. It wasn't like a lot of snow, and it wasn't even that cold today. Um, the Falcons were able to run the ball. By the way, Cordell Patterson. If you had Cordell Patterson and um, Debo Samuel on your team, you might go undefeated. Those guys are so unbelievably versatile and hard to stop in, in the run game. But you know. Matt Ryan, 
had his, you know, he got sacked a bunch. Kyle Pitts got over a thousand. Matt Ryan scores a touchdown. Did you, you saw this, right? Yeah. Called for taunting. They review the play and ru- rule that he what did not break the plane was down at the one. Therefore, they applied the taunting penalty from the one back to the 16, which is kind of insane because. Right. He would have taunted if he hadn't scored. Right. So you. You shouldn't get called for taunting after a touchdown if you. It's like the thing that last week with Trent Williams, where I said you can't. Why is he getting flagged for a face mask when the guy jumped offside? He was trying to save his life against the Titans. And at that point, it would have made the game twenty-nine to That was the difference in the game. I mean, that was it. If, if the Falcons maybe pull off the upset here, if Matt Ryan and the thing is, like Matt Ryan's Matty Ice, he's always so cool. You never see him getting someone else's face and you know even the broadcast mentioned that jordan poyer was just like like what the hell man what what matt ryan's trash talking me like he was in shock i have no idea what matt ryan was doing so kyle pitts went over a thousand receiving yards for a tight end number the second time it's ever happened do you know who number one is the first person to do it i know ditka that is crazy that 75 was it regular size ditka or mini ditka he's mini ditka did you watch saturday night live Oh, like from 30 years ago? I don't remember. Can a team of mini dick cuz be <laughs> a team of regular size dick cuz? <laughs> oh, no, it, like, could, could one regular size dick cuz fight a thousand yeah. tiny That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. The answer is yes. So, yeah, the Bills won, not surprisingly. The Falcons are somehow a seven win team, which actually is incredibly surprising. And uh, who they play again? The Falcons in Week Seventeen. Saints. And I mean, I don't week. know who's going to win that game. Falcons. That game lines like five and a half. It feels like too much. The Falcons are going to keep that game close. Yeah, absolutely. Although, I mean, certainly deflating to lose like this, but I might pick the Falcons to win as the number one straight up picker on this podcast. I'm going to say it right now. I might pick the Falcons to win. Debo notes that this was the fifth game this season for the Falcons where they scored zero points in the second half, that and as I noted. It. As I noted last week, every time the Falcons win, it's been a one-score game, and every time they lose, it's been double digits. Yeah, they had 96 total yards in the second half, and, and I would imagine they're still probably like second or third in the NFC in terms of point differential. But it's gotten worse because they just lost by 14 points. Yeah, they're like second or third worst. Right. Sorry. Yes. yes. Yep. Uh, Patriots. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Bills can win. Bills beat the Jets at home in Week 18, and they get the division and they get they cover the the ten and a half over that we loved coming into the season. Patriots. Hey, real quick on the point differential, every team below the Falcons has four wins or less. The Falcons Jeez. have seven wins. Yeah, it's it's weird. They have all the the Falcons are, are a terrible team. The Patriots fifty, Jaguars ten. I I'm happy to pat myself on the back and I said that angry Bill Belichick was going to show up and run up the score on Trevor Lawrence's young. Uh, I had the Jacks covering, so yeah, Ryan Belichick versus a rookie quarterback. He's like fourteen and one in his past fifteen games. Here, like, here's where I'm at. I, he beat every Justin week Herbert I, forty-five to nothing. Every week I say the Jaguars can't play as bad as they did last <laughs> week, and every week they play worse. So, I also Wait, want to put, uh, pat myself on the back for saying this after Joe Burrow was drafted, and I bring this up every week. And I'm going to continue to. I said I would take Joe Burrow over Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence going to his junior year. I stand by that. <laughs> we take Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones right now. Mac Jones. Mac Jones is the rookie of the year, Breach. No. Jamar Chase no, head. you're wrong. I'm going to make was... you watch every Jamar Chase tonight before you go to bed. Every catch he had all season, you have to watch tonight. And then you're going to know 
that he should win it over Mac Jones. I think Jamar Chase might have stolen it with that performance. Um, we'll see there. Patriots we'll have see. three of the top eight largest wins this year, including two 40 point victories over the Jag uh, the Jaguars and the Jets. They beat the Jets 54 to 13. So the, the biggest point differential was that Dallas win over Washington last week, plus 42, 54-13 over New York, plus 41, plus 40 over the Jaguars. They also beat Cleveland 45-7. to seven. Like High school football. Yeah, it's pretty bad. There have been a ton of blowouts this year. Uh, Again, we don't need to linger. How concerned should we be about Trevor Lawrence? Because it doesn't matter. They could bring in Bill Belichick next year. This team's still probably going to be very terrible. Yeah. I, I'm concerned. But the biggest, <laughs> I mean, they, they have to bring in a, an offensive mind. That's it. You can't like you got to find someone who can work directly with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Victor in the chat says, remember on Monday when these guys wanted to bet on Waddle for rookie of the year? Yes. But we also said if you no, we didn't say bet. We said if you have Mac Jones tickets, bet on Waddle and bet on Jamar Chase. And you'd be sitting pretty right now. I wish I'd bet on Jamar Chase with my Mac Jones uh, ticket. Yeah, yeah, Who? Jamar, uh, not Jamar, sorry. Jalen's not winning. It's, but yeah, Jamar's, Jamar's Jalen Waddle, not winning. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Patriots can clinch the AFC East with a win and, the, and a Bills loss. They can clinch first round by with a win, a Buffalo loss, a Tennessee loss, and a KC loss. So very unlikely. As far as the Jaguars go, mm. my biggest concern is that Trent Balky stick, sticking around and helping hire the next coach. Like I, I was, while this 50 burger was was playing out in real time, I was thinking about Trevor Lawrence and like, what if you went to Shad Khan and said, look, I ain't playing another down until you get this nonsense sorted out. And if that means getting rid of the general manager and starting over, that's what we have to do. Because all we're doing is wasting time. You're wasting time with me. You're wasting time with the young guys under contract. And we're just spinning our wheels. This makes zero sense. And Pete Prisco, who's who lived in Jacksonville forever and knows a lot about the Jaguars, said that the moment that it was reported that Trent Balky was sticking around. Now, Trent Balky may be a great general manager, but how often does it work where you why, Yeah, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. But my point is that how often does it work where you have a general manager uh, and a coach who aren't on the same page because they they were hired at different times and have different sort of worldviews when it comes to building a roster. Never. There you go. It never works. And Balky, if you'll recall, I mean, had the huge you know uh, drama power struggle with tr uh, Jim Harbaugh in, uh, in San Francisco, and then you know you see like Brady Quinn has intimated that on on the on this show that pretty likely that John that it was Trent Balky who leaked out a bunch of stuff about Urban Meyer just to get him out of town and to be put in charge. So By the way, Devin Zook in the chat, I don't know if the steward or not, I have to look it up. He says Trevor requested a one-on-one -on -one with Shad after the game. Like, I don't know how true that is, but if it happened, I would totally believe it because I would be extremely frustrated, especially coming from a situation in Clemson where you lost, what, one time? And in high school, where I don't know if they ever lost. And now suddenly it's the most dysfunctional organization he's been a part of in the last seven years. So... Whether it happened or not, maybe that's something Trevor should think about. I don't know. I don't know that that actually happened, but wouldn't be the craziest idea in the world if, if he if he did that. Seahawks fifty one, Lions twenty nine. The Seahawks. This is Russell Wilson flexing for the folks in Seattle, just in case this was his final home game, which he intimated that it could be. He wanted to go out with a bang. DK Metcalf three receiving touchdowns. Uh, Russ four passing touchdowns. I believe DK had, DK had three, right? Am I crazy? He had three, right? Yeah, he had a bunch. DK? Yeah. He had three. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Uh, massive game for DK. Massive game for Russ. Massive Lions. game for Rashad Penny. That's right. How about that? First round pick for Rashad He's on my Penny. fantasy team. Rode him to uh, the finals win. You're the guy who drafted to, him. Uh, Connor Allen, uh, my buddy at uh, four for four football. He bet on 
Rashad Penny to lead the league in rushing yards this week, 80 to one, put a hundred bucks on it. That's Ooh. A- yeah, buddy. Why didn't he give us that hot tip? That's what I asked him. Uh, yeah. So Russ went nuts. Rashad Penny went nuts. Credit to the, to the, uh, um, Amron. I can never say his name, right? I'm in Ross St. Brown. I'm in Ron St. Brown. Thank you. Uh, was awesome in this game too. Had multiple, had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. He looks like a, a really nice piece for the. He is better as a pro than he was in college, and he, he was, was good also in college. on my fantasy team, guys. Uh, no one cares, but he he has been the lone bright spot, um, at least in the last few weeks or so. Yeah, I mean DeAndre Swift came back and was pretty good. This look, the Lions are trying hard. They fought in this game. They, they didn't, didn't have Jared off the last two weeks. Yeah, and they had Tim Boyle starting. I mean, like I just remain impressed by how hard this team fights, despite being two thirteen and one. Now they still go out there and uh, and fight hard. But and uh, by the way, the Lions zero eight and one on the road this year. They had nine chances and did not pick up a single road win. The Seahawks currently giving away the seventh overall pick to the New York Jets. The Bears are giving away the eighth overall pick to the New York Giants. Mm. And that is. The final game we got to break down. By breakdown, I mean quickly breeze through. Bears 29, Giants 3. Oh, come on. Robert Quinn set broke uh, Richard Dent's sack record for the Bears. He said in 1984, uh, 17.5, 18 sacks for Richard Robert Quinn this year. The Giants have back-to-back games with less than 200 yards of total offense and a fifth loss by 20-plus points. They finished the game with negative 10 passing yards. Who was the quarterback, Renson? Mike Glennon. Not giving really... Now, look, I mean, do you know how many passes he attempted? Not many. Did you, did you look did, at the stat did, did he throw them backwards? How did he finish with negative 10? I don't know, Breach. Why don't you explain that to me how stats work? <laughs> I don't need to. The so they ran, if somebody they really ran wants to know, Barkley 21 times in this game and ran Devontae Booker 18. Mike Glennon threw 11 times in this game. The, the plan was not, but, but if someone really wants to know how stats work, you go negative because sack yardage counts against your passing stats. So Mike Glenn actually threw for 24 yards, but the team passing total was negative 10. Yeah. He was sacked into oblivion. The, the giants are terrible. Joe judge went on an 11 minute tangent uh, in his post game press conference where he claimed that in 2018 with the Patriots, he thought everyone thought they were going to get fired. And then they went on to win the Super Bowl, and that he also has multiple giants from the 2020 team calling him multiple times per week, saying how much they wish that they were still in New York because of how great the culture is, and that he has tons of free agents. He, these are all claims he made. Like you can go read them. He has he has free like to be free agents uh, in, on the team on the roster right now who come to his office multiple times per week and say, "God, please bring us back. Please bring us back. We love it here. We love what you're doing." It all sounded. Like a, a big pile of lies. Breach. Uh, I will just say that if you're going on an 11 minute tangent, that seems like sign one a that you're going to be fired, even if he might be kept around. But I'm if I'm the Giants, I'm at least considering that maybe we don't have the right coach. You don't want to see. You don't need to be going on an 11 minute 11 tangent. minute tangent. Yeah, so many. Actually, you just got smoked. Yeah, is Belichick going on an eleven minute tangent? No, man. What do you? He also said in twenty eighteen he almost got fired on a Patriots team that no was, one was getting fired on. It was six and two at worst at midseason, and then won the Super Bowl. It's insane. Yeah, maybe he's you know overwhelmed. This ain't a team that's having fist fights on the sidelines. This ain't some clown show organization or something else. Is he talking about the Rams? What was he talking about? Who's no, talking? probably talking about the 
football team. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Football team. That's right. Um, yeah, look. Once they, again, the Belichick coaching tree, like Bill O'Brien is probably the shining star, and he's now the offensive coordinator for Alabama. Uh, Brian Flores just missed the playoffs, but he's probably number two, I think. And then there's a bunch of other guys. Yeah, look, Joe Judge is probably coming back next year. Daniel Jones coming back. The Giants are a mess. They're going to move on from David Gettleman, and you know we'll see. But the, there's not a whole lot to glean from this. They're just like the Panthers. They, they're not going to be good until they figure out the quarterback and the offensive line. The Bears, at least with the win, moved up. You know they moved. Um, you know, they 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 are going to give the Giants a worse pick for Justin Fields at least. So they got that going for them. Andy right, Dalton Super Bowl. Andy Dalton Super Bowl. This game that was his Super Bowl. Oh. Yeah, he won. Joe Burrow and Andy Dalton won a game on the same day. Imagine that. What a day. What Andrew a Gregory Dalton. He should win MVP. All right, let's give away a hat. The winner of the hat is drum roll. Sean G. Ryder at Sean G. or Sean Grider, I guess. (laughs) Sean G. Ryder or Sean Grider. Either way, Sean, congratulations. You won a Brinson Sucks hat. Brinson Sucks at pronunciation. That's what it means this week. Yeah. You know why Brinson Sucks? He can't pronounce Sean's name correctly. Sean, I mean, uh, Will B. Brinson. Will B. Renson. <laughs> Let's get to winners. Ryan four. W. Ilson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I love this guy who runs a podcast. You can't read. <laughs> All right, B. Renson, what do we got? Winners and losers? All right, Ryan. Ryan. Wait, wait, wait. Why would it be Ryan P.? No, he said Ryan W. Ilson. Ryan W. Ilson. <laughs> Give me your first uh, winner. Let's go. I don't want to steal Breach's thunder. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. They didn't win pretty, but they won. They got into the playoffs in week 17. Debo predicted it back in November. And Jalen Hurts avoided death (laughs) on the way off the field. So he will be able to play, if not next week, then certainly in the playoffs. Way to go, Philly. Um, My winner is me. Uh, not just because, well, I've got other winners, but not only did the Bengals win, I predicted the exact score of the game. You it's like did. I knew it was going to happen. It's like I, I knew it was going to happen. My other winners besides me are Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Bengals fans get to watch them for the next decade, and Brenton and Wilson have to listen to me talk about them on this podcast for the next decade. They're already setting records. Uh, Joe Burrow just trying to get in the MVP conversation. He's been awesome. He set the franchise record for passing yards, passing touchdowns. Jamar Chase, the rookie record for uh, most yards in a single game. And now they're on their way to the playoffs for the first time in six years. Woohoo! By the way, my, somebody in the chat, Rizal's yawning, said, How tired does Brinson look? I'm very tired. It's 2 a.m. That's why he took a nap also. I felt Packers Vikings game. Uh, I actually read my picks column. I went and looked. I had Bengals 35, Chiefs 31. Ooh, you, you almost pick picked the, it too. You picked yeah. the Bengals to win. I'll give you credit for that. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Um, so, uh, a winner for me, I will say uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders. Ooh. They kept their hopes alive with a, like a huge win in Indianapolis. To do that and to keep sort of like finding ways to win – Fight your way into into playoff contention to give yourself a shot. Like go beat the Chargers at home 
on the final game of the regular season this year, and you're in the playoffs despite losing, you know, your coach and your number one wide receiver to some of the most bizarre circumstances uh, we've ever seen in a super weird year uh, would go a long way, I think, towards changing what the plan is for Derek Carr and uh, and that and that franchise moving forward. Be very interesting to see how that would uh, alter uh, many different uh, pathways. Uh, Wilson, how about a loser? The Minnesota Super Losers, the Vikings. Uh, the only winner is Mike Zimmer and his girlfriend, apparently, but everything else has gone sideways in Minnesota. That's the only thing you're going to think about. <laughs> this has blown my mind. Uh, the quarterback situation is one where the, the dude didn't get vaccinated and couldn't play in the biggest game of the season. Sean Manning had no business, no business being out there. Kellamon was out there for three pass attempts for reasons that remain unknown, not particularly. And Mike Zimmer might be out of a job. Uh, by the time people listen to this podcast, and I don't know where this team is going uh, other than the wrong direction. So Minnesota, by the way, the last time Minnesota went to the, well, they went to the playoffs once with, with Kirk Cousins. They were, they won 13 games in 2017 with Case Keenum. And that's when they, they lost the, or no, they won the game against the Saints in that crazy, that crazy um, playoff game. Uh, Since then, the Vikings have only won at least 10 games once. And it certainly isn't happening this year. They only went to the playoffs once with Kirk Cousins. And I know their Kirk Cousins defenders are out there, but I don't think he's it. Seven wins two years in a row. Maybe, maybe they get to eight if they can win in week 18. If they can just handle Chicago. My loser, you know, a lot of times we go with teams that get knocked out of the playoff race or something like that. I'm going with the New York Giants offense. This team is bad. And just when you thought their season couldn't get any more embarrassing, it got more embarrassing because they went out and they finished with negative 10 passing yards. It is almost impossible to finish with negative passing yards in the NFL. It is the first time this century it has happened. Uh, The last time before today or before Sunday was in 1998 when the Chargers finished with negative passing yards. And that was a Ryan Leaf team. So if you're in the same sentence as Ryan Leaf and it's a football sentence, that's not a great thing. So the Giants yeah. offense, and then Joe Judge gave his rant. I'm not going to go on a rant, but man, Giants offense is my loser of the week. As Victor points out, Bengals win the division. Wilson gives Brinson credit, and Brinson gives David Derek Carr credit. What in the world? Is that? <laughs> 2022, man, it's wild. Uh, my losers. My losers, you can go with a couple different ones here. Trevor Lawrence would qualify. Uh, Matt Rule would certainly qualify. But I think the Dolphins are a pretty obvious loser. They came into this game against Tennessee, you know, on a seven-game win streak, thinking that, you know, everybody's talking them up. They're going to, you know, dominate. Do you have wireless headphones, Wilson? No. I thought you, were, I thought you like, wore into the bathroom. I was like, did you just get pee with your headphones on? That's weird. Um. Anyway, Dolphins come in, seven-game win streak. You're expecting them to you know, to compete against with Tennessee to show that they can hang with a, a, a top team in the AFC after beating up a, on a bunch of, uh, you know, tomato cans. And then <laughs> they just lay a complete egg, score three points. And you go from, Oh, Brian Flores might be coach of the year. This team's making a miracle run of the playoffs. Tua is the guy to, we have major questions about Tua and we're eliminated from the playoffs very quickly and in very sobering fashion. So uh, Miami Dolphins, a loser for, Poor Dolphins. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for the podcast. We've been live streaming for two and a half hours. It's been fun. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Who day? That's to 
Sean on the hat. Smash that mm-hmm. like button if you're checking it out. Congrats to all Bengals fans and people who like Cincinnati Chili. And for uh, Ryan W. Ilson, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, uh, for... Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.